Hey everyone, it's Rich Bennett, host of Conversations with Rich Bennett, bringing you an exciting chance to win with our latest giveaway sponsored by Tar Heel Construction Group. Get ready to make a splash just by tuning into the podcast. Yes, you heard that right. While you're soaking up our latest episodes, listen closely for a special splash sound. When you hear it, remember the episode name. Here's what you do next. Shoot us an email at podcast at harfordcountyliving.com with the episode title. Each splash sound means a new chance to win. So the more you listen, the better your chances. If you don't have email, then just leave a voicemail from our website at conversationswithrichbennett.com. What's the prize? How about a brand new waterproof Bluetooth speaker? Perfect for listening to our episodes, whether you're in the bath, on the beach, in the pool or on the go. You have until the end of May to send in your entries and we'll announce the lucky winner on June 3rd. Don't miss out on this splashy opportunity brought to you by Tar Heel Construction Group. Dive into our episodes and win big. All right, I'm going to make a lot of people mad on this. <laughs> so those of you that know me know that I've been DJing since 1986. That's right, I'm old. And I've done a lot of fundraisers in that time. And one of my pet peeves is when I DJ a fundraiser is everybody wants to dance. They don't want to go to the silent auction. They don't want to bid on things. They don't want to spend their time at the wheels, whatever. And my thing is if I'm DJing a fundraiser, music's important, but dancing's not. You want the people to spend money. The whole idea is to raise money. It's a fundraiser. But I'm bringing this up because I have a gentleman who runs the number one charity fundraising company in the country. And he is going to talk about how to make your event successful. And some of you are going to get mad. But in all honesty, it'll work. The man knows what he's talking about. On this episode of Harford County Living with Rich Bennett... Alicia Hamilton and I sat down and spoke with George Wooden of BW Unlimited Charity Fundraising. Stay tuned. Welcome to the award-winning podcast, Harford County Living with Rich Bennett, coming to you from the Freedom Federal Credit Union Studios. Each week, you'll hear interesting interviews, commentary, discussions, storytelling, and more. Here's your host, Marine Corps veteran, professional DJ, entrepreneur, podcaster, and my father, Rich Bennett. I'd like to welcome everybody to Harford County Living with Rich Bennett. Today, I have a very special young lady with me that's co-hosting, uh, Alicia Hamilton of Founded Faith Ministries, who is throwing stuff around the room already. <laughs> and, uh, I wanted Alicia to do this one, especially with me, because we're going to talk about how to fundraise. And I have a very good friend on with me who uh, he and I go back years. He's a Marine, retired state state trooper, um, and always getting on me, giving me a hard time. That's why I love him so much. Uh, George Wooden of BW Unlimited Charity Fundraising. And correct me if I'm wrong, George, but the largest, the uh, largest charity fundraising company in the, the United number, States? the number one ranked charity fundraiser in North America. 
in North America, including Canada. Holy cow! Okay, mm-hmm. wow. Well, yeah, North Canada is part of North America. Yeah. It's in the U.S. <laughs> number, and people are going to say, "Well, how do you know that?" Well, we're rated by GuideStar, by um, oh. GuideStar, and by Google. Oh. We're the number one searched, um, and we don't have a lack of clients. Right. So it's like we're turning away probably three quarters of clients that we get. We turn them away. Well, you got what three offices now? Yeah, um, Georgia, Maryland, Georgia, and Twin Falls, Idaho. All right, so. Before we get into the company and how to fundraise, uh, tell everybody your resume, how this came about. And all. Well, uh, about 35 years ago, um, my wife and I, before, before my son was born, um, a friend came to us and said, hey, you want to go to a banquet? And it was a Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation banquet. Well, like I was a hunter. Right. I, then I had time. I don't have any time. I barely have. That's why I wear slip-on shoes. This is a joke, by the way. <laughs> I don't have time to even tie my shoes. So... um. Um, he said, hey, you want to go to a banquet? And it was at the Richland Ballroom in Harford County. Okay. And I walked in. It was a hunting thing. And I walked in, and there was only 50 people there. It was for the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. And um, that's right. I said elk, right? Not the Elks Club. Right. Elk, like those big animals with the horns that are in Montana. <laughs> so, um, and I thought to myself, I was like, and I was young, obviously, a lot younger then. When the job, I was still a trooper. And I was like, why in the world is there only 50 people here? This is hunting. The right. outdoors. There's a lot of hunters out there. A lot of hunters out, a lot of outdoorsmen. So, fast forward next year, he said, "Hey, you want to be on the committee?" I said, "Sure, why not?" So I went on the committee, and they made me the um, the merchandise chairman, which means you're the guy who gets all the boxes in the mail that they send you, all the stuff, right? <laughs> all the all the uh, all the merchandise for the event. And then it just went on, and I was noticing things that I I thought I would, I could change, and I said to the the, the chairman, um. Hey, do you mind if I take over? They were making like five thousand, ten thousand dollars. I said, "Do you mind if I step up and do this for a year, take over as your?" Because basically, your only job in the outdoor organizations, and I'm telling you, Ducks Unlimited, Rocky Mountain Elk, Delta Waterfowl, mm-hmm. National Wild Turkey Federation, they just want you to fundraise. Right. Then you can go out and do what they consider mission in the area. But the the the, the mother charity only wants you to fundraise. You have to fundraise. Okay. And this is where I learned how how having great items that you have to pay for these these national organizations like Ducks Unlimited made 192 million net last year. Wow! Right, net just from their fundraising. They forced their cha- their chapters, their sub charities, to use good stuff. In fact, the NRA will refuses to take donations, donated items. They don't want their chapter. And how do I know that? Because guess who who the fundraiser for the NRA is? You are. Me. They get stuff from me. I've been to Virginia. I've been to their offices. And they right. say it's they don't want it. So so I stepped up and um, made some changes. And remember I said 50 people. Mm-hmm. So we grew so quick that we grew out of the Richland and went to Martin's East, which is now no longer exists. Right. They had to sell it. And we had uh, 720 people there. For, from for, 50 to 720. From 50 to 720. Wow. In two years. Two wow. years. Um, and what I did was I basically made it more about the outdoors. It's just psychology. This whole thing is about psychology. It has nothing to do with the, chap- the charity. Because, I mean, this morning when you woke up and you pulled up your curtain, was there an elk? Did you see any elk out on your front lawn? Right. No, they don't even exist here. Right. <laughs> in fact, people don't even know what they are here. <laughs> so how in the world, and what the net was, it was $100,000. 
So legitimately, 100000 net for an animal that doesn't even exist here. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. How did I get 720? No, so when we did 720, um, we did 93 net, 93,000 net. Okay. And then I raised the price to cut out the eaters. We call them grazers, people coming to eat and leave. Right. I raised the ticket price to knock them out. And so we went from 720 to 610 and made over 100,000 with less people. That's interesting. I never heard that term. Uh huh. What, grazers? Yeah. You eat, drink, and leave. Yeah. Eat, drink, and leave. I like that idea. So, um, yeah, they just show up. So, so now, so it got, it shocked the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation world. First off, I'm in a small state with no elk, and I'm raising more than the chapters that are in the elk states. Right. So, like, the their CEO, their senior vice president flew in and stayed with me for like a weekend. And then they wanted to see these events. And then they promoted me up to like the state chairman and I was going around giving seminars, teaching and I always say they put another zero in my volunteer check, you know. So <laughs> so so Are you still doing the police officer? Yeah, I was still a state trooper. I was actually undercover. Okay. So so um um I was a narcotic I don't know if you know state troopers that were undercover too, narcotics okay. detectives. So as I'm doing this, so I'm growing and I'm get, getting a name for myself. I just right. figured it out, right? So I figured it out. I figured out what people wanted and how to get them excited, how to get them to spend money. Grew it, grew it, grew it. Then they were flying me out to Montana, and people legitimately hated me. They, I mean, it Why? was because, because so much for that I was raising mo- so much money and they were raising less and I was doing it in a state with no elk <laughs> and, and the, and they like, they were grooming me to sit on the board, right. their board of directors. And instead like, of coming and asking how you were doing it, they were got mad because oh. the seat, what you don't understand, Close. you ready for this. And this is going to gear up. Cause I'm going to say a lot of stuff that's going to make people mad. Okay. Charity fundraising is bloody. Yeah. It's bloody. Either grow a fin or get out of the water. Mm-hmm. One of my clients, the one I'm the CEO, COO of, the same charity who somehow recruited me to be their COO, is seeing it firsthand. It's very bloody. It's competitive. Everybody's fighting over the same dollar bill. Yeah. So these chapters are all competing. Everybody wants to be the number one guy. So they would fly me out to Missoula, Montana, and they'd come to my house and you know all this stuff, asking me how I was able to do it and why am I doing How is this happening? And they literally like jumped me, not physically, but verbally jumped me, a whole group of people outside in the hotel because they would say, okay, how are we going to do raise, how are we going to raise more money? And, and these big meetings with all these big guys who were chairman of all these different states, and it's a large organization. Mm-hmm. And they would say, their CEO, Jay Dart, his name's Jay Dart, he would say, and Maryland, what do you think? And Maryland, what do you think? Because I was the Maryland chair. Tell them what you think, Maryland, because I was the leading fundraiser. Right. So something happened. I don't really want to get into it, but there was something happened that I didn't like, and um, I got out. I left, left Elk Foundation. So, but the one thing that I learned there was they're buying great items to have in their auctions. Yeah, and I really wanted to key it up, um, and really like go after donations. But then I realized that donations aren't bringing any money. So, what do you do with the donations? Like, why are we paying for these items? But they're paying for the items. So all these organizations, you can look them up. National Ducks Unlimited, Rocky Mountain Elk, 
NWTF, National Wild yeah. Turkey, Quail Unlimited, Pheasants Forever, all these ones. They will send a book, and it's hilarious. They'll send a book like the NWT Ducks Unlimited gets us. Like this is a big Ducks Unlimited. Yeah, this this county, right? Because I have it, Grace. Yeah, With, yeah. You know, Mel, Merrill Darty, those guys up that with DU and all the guys from the museum. So they send this book to every chapter. It's a book full of stuff, pictures of items, and every chapter. So funny, every chapter. We'll get this book. They'll open it up because I was one of them. And they, you start it up and start looking at this stuff. And you're like, oh, my God, this is so cool. This is so cool. But the funny part about it is like ducks. Okay, duck on the water, duck in the land, duck sitting over here, duck <laughs> and a goose. It's like the same thing. Turkey right. on the thing, elk in the field. It's all the same artist, all the same stuff. But everybody opens up these, these catalogs and they're all like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Yeah, we want that. We want this. We're going to make a lot of money on this stuff. But as they're picking it. The regional director, who's the employee of the charity, is mm-hmm. to ensure. See, I'm going to show you behind the curtain because I know. So they're there to ensure that the chapters buy this stuff. Right. Because it's, that's what's going to bring in the money, right? Plus it's branded. It has the name of the charity. Ah. Mm-hmm. So plus the, the organization is getting a kickback off the back. Right. So they're not only selling it to the chapter and then it sells again at the event – the company who's giving it to them is giving them a bump off the back. Oh, right. Okay. So they're making money all the way around. Yeah. Right? And plus they're getting their, their name out there. So, so long story short, I learned that like, why are they doing this? Why are, why, why can't, why can't it be all donations? And there came a time because you knew my personality. I was like, I'm not buying anything from them. We're going to go get all donations. And they ain't having that. Right. You better get this stuff. So, so I left them, and then, then some folks, very good friend who's now like a like part of my family, a guy by the name of Scott Berg out of uh, out of Michigan, Lansing, Michigan. He brought people down out of out of South Dakota, an organization called Delta Waterfowl. They came to me. We I remember I was nearby here at a at a fundraiser in a, in a fire department for a friend, right? And he they approached me and said, "Would you talk to us?" And I said, "Sure." I mean, let me talk to my wife about it because we kind of got a little burned by Elk Foundation. And um, if long story short, I was like, yeah, sure. I love doing it. I love fundraising. Sure, I'll talk. let's talk. So they came to my house and I got my wife, me and my wife down and they sat us down and they started talking. And I, I was like, I know this stuff. I know what you're telling me. Mm-hmm. I, know what, I know what's going on. Yes, I'll do it. First event out the box we did. It was the largest fundraiser they'd ever had since 1933. Whoa. Raise more money out the box. Now, here's what's crazy. This is an organization for ducks. For ducks. Right. Okay. There's no more ducks in the air than there ever was, right, despite the millions that are being raised. Right. So the first one out the box in a state that is known for Ducks Unlimited, it had no brand identity, like your brand, mm-hmm. no brand identity, no identity. No sponsors, no members, no nothing. First one out the box, largest one neighbor had since their history. So I was like, wait a minute. Same thing. Buy the stuff. Here's stuff. Buy mm-hmm. the stuff. So we did it for a couple of years and then I left them because, listen to me, money changes people. Oh, yeah, it does. Money changes people. When money hits the table, all bets are off. People get crazy. Organizations get crazy. Mm-hmm. And they start making decisions off of that. 
Well, if you start making decisions off of that and it goes against my integrity, being a Marine and a state trooper and everything, I, I'm out. Yeah. So, so I left and then I made the decision, which upset some people in the area. I made the decision to go as a, doing it professionally. I thought, well, if these organizations are have, have people doing it, employees, well, why can't I help these charities? Like charities that have no clue how to fundraise. Right. Why can't I take it on the road and do it? Well, it was received wrong, bad by some people locally. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm not naming any right. names. You know, Rich. Yeah. And um, they didn't like it, and they still don't like it, but come to Rockin' for Riley. Um, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, so um, we started, and it took a little bit of time, momentum, and I had retired from the Maryland State Police and put all my time and effort into that. And about the three-year mark, it really took off. It literally like went straight up. Wow. We were trickling, and then straight up, and before you know it, I was spending my life in a plane. We've met, we've met more celebrities, done more things. Did one in the White House. We've done one for Paul McCartney. We've wow. done for more, for more, for more celebrities and notables. Standing in a room with 1,800, 1,800 people and down in D.C. in front of a congressman, all of NASCAR, all the owners. Standing on stage with Dale Hernard Jr. standing here and Johnny Bench. Do you know who Johnny Bench is? Yeah. He's a professional Hall of Fame baseball player. Him standing Cincinnati here. Cincinnati Ridge. Yeah. So so just it's just we're very blessed. Yeah. So it literally took off. And then it took off so, so big that I had to pull back. Right. I had to say, look. It was overwhelming. I'm it sure. was overwhelming. And then I had to pull back. And then. You know, what's your quality? Well, the problem is, is this, and then we're going to get into this, like the biggest problems I have, you know, um, it got into the, like, I, I want to help people who want to be helped, right? Because I'm not making a bajillion dollars, despite what everybody thinks doing this. Um, I mean, if anybody's ever been to my house, I still live in a split foyer, raised a rancher. And I got, have a, I'm driving a Chrysler 300 out there with 200,000 miles on it. You know, he's got so, roosters that don't yeah, shut up. Yeah, I have up. roosters. My, yeah, they don't know how to tell chickens. time. My wife is a, we call her the poultry princess. She loves roosters. Aww. We have turkeys and quail and Polish chickens and chickens. So, um, so what I learned from that was it was a, it was a process. What, what do people want? And this is what goes against the grain. Mm-hmm. The things that I say will go against what, peop- what most people think. So um, most people will look at me. The best ones, like, I look, I got to give a shout-out. I got to give a shout-out to Jackie Colby and Russ Cook from uh, the Jeep Club G- of Hartford County yeah. for rocking for Riley. Plus the other folks, mainly, mainly Jackie and Russ because I work with them constantly. Right. You got to be open-minded. Right. And once you see it and you come to you see it and you understand why it works and why people want what they want and what they don't want and how to use it. It's all psychology. Then it all matters and then it all makes sense. So that's how it happens. So it transitions. So we started learning, like, what do people want? The first thing was they want autograph stuff. Well, most people don't know this. Like before I started this business. I didn't have a clue about sports. I wasn't raised in a family with sports. Nobody knew about sports. My father didn't watch sports. In fact, my wife and my son were big in the NFL, and I didn't have a clue about the NFL. And they would laugh at me and joke about me. Now it's my business, so I got to know about it, so I know about it. So despite what people say about the NFL and everything else, I don't care about any of that. 
Um, Why you look at me when you say that? <laughs> no, no, I didn't look at you. So, so like I was having this conversation. Okay. Right, right, right. If listen, if you're willing to bid on it, great. I love it. Right. So, um, um, what what I learned from it is about autographs, and I learned about legitimately legitimacy of autographs. Like there's companies out there who who sell counterfeit autographs mm-hmm. to charities that uh, that are out there yeah. and everybody gets star spangled they get like oh my god a, a rolling stones autograph guitar i can get that for a thousand dollars it doesn't exist right right so i learned about that and then it was like i tripped over across that the thing that sells better than the autograph stuff is decor with a laser really? autograph. oh really? yeah with, with a what, what? Uh, like a laser autograph done with a laser Really? Oh my God! Oh my God! Decor. We have my history of furniture class from. Listen, (laughs) I do do this thing. I do this thing. It's called a Jack Jack Nicholson approval quote. It's a picture. It's a big picture of Jack Nicholson with a cigar in his mouth, and he's blowing a smoke ring like that. Yeah, picture, and it says above it. And these things are big. I don't know if you ever seen any of my stuff. Big, and it says we put the quote in it. I am who I am. Your approval isn't needed. You would not believe how many of those I've sold. That's sell crazy. I had two four-star generals at that event with the 1,800 people. Mm-hmm. I have yeah. one called John Wayne. John Wayne, life's hard. Life's hard, but it's even harder when you're stupid. <laughs> two four-star generals paying $1,000 for that. And I said, stop, stop, stop. I'll sell to you both. Sell you one, each one of you. Right. So, like, now we're doing these 3D championship rings and a Pat Tillman jersey. Just – and then what else do they want? They wow. want vacation packages, trips. trips. Say, yeah. Yeah. So I started, I tried to look into it. So I started a company called Charity Travel Packages, where that's all we do, charitytravelpackages.com, www.charitytravelpackages.com. I'm actually working on the new site as we speak. So we had one up, but now we're going to a new one. So that's what they want. So mm-hmm. like the, the like if you're coming next to Friday, you're going to see something with – with uh, that I do with one of these trips is going to blow your mind. That'll be exciting. Like we have a a, a trip to Mexico. It's it's Mexico and the Caribbean. Right. Five nights, all inclusive, six days, two people. The tri- and you get your choice of location. Mexico, you get Lo- Cabo San Lucas, Cabo San Lucas, Cabo San Lucas, or Los Cabos, Cabo San Lucas. It's the best one. Or the Caribbean, Punta Cana, Riviera Maya, or Cancun, and then you get to choose your resort. Two. Two it's good for two years. No airfare. Because the reason why we don't do airfare, and literally I was telling Christy this last night. Right. Because in the old days, Delta, American Airlines and all that used to give us charity pricing. Like the like these providers do. Right. These v- vacation providers. And like I can't even go on my own charity travel packages. I can't even buy one on my own. I'm not allowed to. It goes against. Makes my sense, plan. yeah. So now they stopped. All the airlines stopped doing it. They stopped doing it. They don't give us any special pricing. So now I've got a hmm. gear to award high season rates. So let's say you want to go to a place that the high season is in June. Well, I got to pay like you're flying in June. You know, because it's more expensive, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Well. You can go on Zillow or one of them other things and beat my price. So why am I going to do it? So what I started to do was I have airfare on most some of my stuff, but most of them don't have airfare. So like this Caribbean thing, the Caribbean, think about it. So one of my clients, we just did this. We did an event in Twin Falls, Idaho, where Evil Knievel, you're too young, 
Where evil can evil jump the <laughs> snake river canyon river, the yeah. ramp is still there rich it is yes i'll take a picture and send it to you the ramp's still there there's these big there's these big concrete blocks on it to stop some guy from saying here hold my beer you know with his pickup truck you, uh, the, yeah because you know Believe somebody would yeah drive. yeah down this dirt road so um so we just did this out there so the the client out there had just came back and paid retail and she was like oh my god george i didn't even know this was one of your packages she stayed at one of our resorts same amount of time and spent six thousand dollars without airfare six thousand dollars to go wow okay the starting bid on this is like two grand Okay. So it's actually almost advantageous for the people that are coming, you know. Yeah. Now, <laughs> here's the key to that, too. So so you, let's just say you've got all this really great stuff, jewelry. Like, we carry costume jewelry. Everybody mm-hmm. says, well, why do you carry costume jewelry? Why don't you have good stuff? Well, ask her how much a ring goes for, a really nice bracelet at Saxon's Jewelers. That's a plug, Saxon's Jewelers, who's a very big sponsor of Rockin' for Island. Lance is awesome. Guy. Well, Lance and his partner, his partner literally, out of his own pocket, gave Riley $1,000. Wow. Oh, wow. Out of his own pocket. That's awesome. So, plug Saxon Jewelers. So, um, <laughs> um, so the um, – um, the jewelry, the right reason why we don't carry high-end jewelry is because it's expensive and, as, and most people know how much it is. Right. But if I care, if we carry costume jewelry, the, the bids goes through the roof. In fact, whether you like them or not, the, we, we're, the, we're the, the fundraiser for the NFL too because all the teams have their own foundation, all the players. Right. The, the, the owner, we did the Redskins event, and the owner's wife literally came up and bid $500 above everybody on all our jewelry and said, this is perfect for when I travel so that if I lose it, mm-hmm. she doesn't care. She doesn't care. Yeah, yeah the expensive, just a little so, side woman's note here, um, costume jewelry is everyday jewelry. Yeah. You know, your expensive yeah. stuff is like, yeah. yeah Especially and then you, mm-hmm. then we can get into like, then we can talk about sponsoring. Like I, I've been catching flack for this, but it's raising my clients a lot of money. We talk about getting the item sponsored. So if there's an item that's two hundred fifty dollars, and more people can sponsor at a lower level than thousand twenty five hundred five thousand, they can sponsor two hundred fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. Well, we start to bid on that two hundred fifty dollars item at twenty percent above, so our charities are guaranteed to make money. Remember, this is consigned. I'm not making this. It is how cost I learned. You right. It doesn't cost a charity anything. Right. Nothing. It's consigned. So we're the only people who do this. Like I, most of these other companies, there's very few of companies like mine around the country. But we tell the tell the client, we, we insist that you start to bid at 20% above. Because I don't want to make money and you don't. It's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's wrong. So the 250 start, the cost of nonprofit is 250, starts to bid at 300, and the thing sells for 500. And it's sponsored by... Christy Breslin of WJZ TV, right? She paid the two fifty and she paid it to your charity. Mm-hmm. The two fifty. Well, the thing sells for five hundred. How much did you make? Five hundred, because right. it's sponsored. Right. Because the the sponsor paid you to pay me, and then the buyer paid you. So you made five hundred bucks. It's covered. Costs are covered. Now the cool thing is, and I literally I remember when this came to me. I was laying in bed thinking about like how to make them more money at lower levels. And I thought, get the item sponsored. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, the cool thing is this. And this this how it doesn't benefit me. It doesn't benefit me at all. 
and this where people look at me like, you know, when you whistle at a dog in the head, <laughs> the dog turns his head sideways back and forth. It doesn't benefit me to tell you this, but it's what I'm supposed to do, right? I'm supposed to help you. Right. The item sponsored by Christy Breslin. She wrote you a check for 250 We start the bid at 300 and nobody bids. We take the item back. Who gets the 250 The charity. Right. The charity keeps the 250 Stay with us. We'll be right back. So you made money. Right. And you still got the item for the next time. And then, no, I take the item somewhere else. Somewhere else in the country gets it. No, that's what I mean. Oh, for the next you've event. Paid for it, that's what so I mean for the next event. Right. So, yeah. so, regardless, it's a win win for you. Yeah. But it doesn't benefit, but it benefits me because I'm the guy who told you to do it. Right. Like, let me, another plug. Danny McGee from the Agape Projects, mm-hmm. and also he's from the Victory Team with uh, Keller Williams, mm-hmm. um, just stepped up at the event and sponsored these three, three 3D ring shadow boxes, $1,350, fifty apiece. He's sponsoring all three of them. Nice. And then Sylvia Lucas stepped, sponsoring the sponsored the um, – she's a friend of mine from out Western Maryland. Okay. She sponsored the Lamar Jackson autographed and framed jersey. And if you knew my jersey work, you'll understand. Yeah. Um, and then Blanford Street Service stepped up and did the Pat Tillman. I do it. Pat, you know who Pat Tillman is? I've heard the name. Pat Tillman was, he's a real American hero. He was playing for the NFL, the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. He quit. He literally quit <laughs> and enlisted and enlisted in the Army. Went, it was a Ranger. And this guy's like the quintessential army guy, real square jaw, real good looking right. guy. He had long flowing hair, really. He's Before a beautiful man. <laughs> right. He's a beautiful man, Pat. So he enlisted, became an army ranger, went overseas to Afghanistan, and was killed in front by friendly fire. So he gave up his life for the country. He left the NFL making multi million dollars. So we do a jersey. It's a tribute jersey. It's not signed. There's a laser autograph. But that thing goes through the roof all the time. So Blanford did that, stepped up and did that. Then you got friends of mine from Georgia, David and Kelly James, who sponsored a bunch of jewelry. And Joey Ayler donated right. a, donated an Eddie Murray autographed baseball. And just, just so <clears throat> getting the item sponsored is the key to this. Mm-hmm. So. And it takes so much pressure off of people having to go out and, and find these great prizes and find those instead of getting it donated like so many do. Right. Okay. It's so like, want to talk about that? Talk about donations? <laughs> Here we go. Okay. I want to lean back because I know some, I'm, there's going to be a fist coming right through the microphone. <laughs> All right, this is one of the things that, that is a sidebar because this is one of the things I'd love to talk about. There are – Many, I'll just say it for you, Rich. There are many myths to fundraising. One of which, the biggest one is, is that donated items are the best way to go. It's complete, completely false. Mm-hmm. You're getting cheap stuff. Let me tell you the reality of it, because I love finding out the real stories. Mm-hmm. And in fact, if Russ Cook from Rock and Ferrari was sitting here next to me, he I, he was with me the other day because um, Bel Air Bel Air Liquors. Thank you, Bel-Air Liquors, donated to Rockin' for Riley. But while we were there, there were two other charities in front of us asking for donations. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> the reality of it is, do you know how many charities there are in the United States? 
know there's like eight hundred in this county. Yeah, or it's hard to say. Um, Five million. Uh, yeah, Mo- yeah. Mother charities, though. They're mother charities. That means one charity. But like Ducks Unlimited, NRA, Ash, right. they have sub charities, sub chapters. They have chapters. chapters. Make a wish. All of them. FFP, Habitat Humanity. There are so there's probably ten million. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So the problem is, is every charity thinks they're an island amongst themselves. They think they're the only one. They're the be- they have the best mission in the whole mm-hmm. world. And how dare you? How can you say no to me? They do. It's the truth. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, it's the truth. You must not have ever owned a business. It's the truth. The problem is, is like the problem is, is that charities will line up at people's doors and expect everybody to donate. Yeah. Well, the business owner can't possibly donate to everybody. So a lot of the like the biggest thing nowadays is that they do they they tell you no without you even knowing they said no. Ready for this? Here's what it is. This is what they tell you. Gear up. Hey, if you go on our website, apply on our website. That gets reviewed, and then we'll come back to you and let you know. So if you go on our website, you can go do it. You know what? You know where it goes? To a trash can. Yeah. It's a way to say no without making you mad. Because nobody, A, I tell my clients, if you hear that, don't even do it. Right. Because you're not going to hear back. And if you do, you're lucky, right? But these business owners cannot possibly, Mm-mm. they can't afford to donate to everybody. Because like you said in the county, we'll 800 charities, you go broke. You, yeah. yeah. So if they give you something, they're most likely going to give you something that's not selling in the store. Mm-hmm. But charities, we the way we look at it as a charity is, woohoo, woohoo, we're going to make a million dollars off this. Awesome. Well, first off, this is let's be real about this. This is local people going to a local event with stuff donated by local businesses. If they wanted that stuff, they would go buy it themselves, right? Okay. Yeah. Next that's thing. That's an ugly truth that I'm people. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Okay. <laughs> ready? Here's another one. This is a shocker, and I'm going to ask you this, okay. <laughs> and you you can agree with me. What are the I'm two things? Agree with you? Oh, you shut up. <laughs> so so so, um, what are the two things you see? And I'm not sports memorabilia. What are right. the two things you most commonly see at every charity event? Oh, I oh yeah, I know. Baskets of liquor. Baskets, gift baskets, right? And gift certificates. Yeah, yeah gift cards. Yep. Okay. Gift cards. Um, how many times you walked in a restaurant and bought yourself a gift certificate? Never. Never, right? So if you're going to bid, if you're going to put a, put a, a gift certificate in an, in an auction, how much are you going to pay for it? Probably about a quarter. Yeah. Everybody wants a deal. Everybody wants to go home and say, honey, 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 look, 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 look. Story. We are in Reliance Stadium doing an event for the Houston Texans, for the team. Right. It's a black tie event. And I'm the, the client had said, we've got a $150 gift certificate to Ruth Chris Steakhouse. Now, these are football players who are multi-bajillionaires. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, they get a $150 gift certificate to Ruth Chris. And I said, listen to me. We need to do a raffle and put this kind of stuff on a raffle. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. I said, listen to me. It's not going to bring any money in the, in the, in a charity in the, in a solemn auction because everybody's looking for a deal. Mm-hmm. They're football players. And that's another myth. They're football players. They'll pay above retail. No, they won't. Guess what? No, they don't at any charity event. It's People a psychology thing. People like a good deal or they like paying right. above and beyond because it's right, you right, feel right, like right. special. So I'm standing on the stage and I'm you can imagine this. I'm standing on the I'm I'm get standing my feet on this because they're introducing me to go up on to do the auction. And I get a tug on my back on my my jacket. Boom, 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 boom. 
And I turn around. Do you know football? You know J.J. Watt? Yeah. He's like a big goofball college guy. He's a really great guy. He's like, yo, G, yo, G. And I said, what's up? He goes, you know that gift certificate to that the Ruth Chris over there on the silent auction? I said, yeah. He said, guess what I got it for? I was like, please don't tell me you paid $1,000 for it. He goes, <laughs> 40 bucks, man. I said, do me a favor. Go see that girl right there. Go tell her that. So he goes walking over. And he's a great big dude. Walking over. And he's, the girl's like Cindy or something. He's like, hey, Cindy, George wanted me to tell you I pay, I got the thing for $40. She looks at me and goes, oh, she puts her head in her hand. <laughs> so I told you. So the other one is, is gift baskets. Gift baskets. How many gift baskets? How many gift baskets did you give away to your family or friends for Christmas? Huh? None. None. Yeah. None. Exactly, because nobody wants them. But every charity insists they got to have <laughs> gift baskets when they're selling auction. When they don't bring any money, they right. don't. And listen, God, men, men could care less about gift baskets. Only maybe if it's for stuff or cars. Yeah. Right? Um, women will literally stand there correct me if I'm wrong, and sit there and spin it around and look at <laughs> look it. Look at everything <laughs> in there. Yeah, everything in there, and they're doing the math in their head, and they're like, I'm going to bid 20 bucks, and the thing's yeah. probably worth 100 right? Oh, 20 bucks. The best place to use donations is in a raffle. Yeah. The reason why, because it brings five to ten times retail in a raffle. Plus, here's the other side. Let's say our good friends at Saxon's donated a bracelet that's worth $300. Right. And the thing always sells for 100 What does that say about their brand? It says bad about their brand. Right. But if it's in a raffle. But here's the thing. So it sells for 100 But if it's in a raffle and it helped you make $5,000, what does it say about it helps them? Yeah. See, the other thing, too, with that, because, like, if it's on the silent auction, it is a th- you see a $300 bracelet from Saxon's. Everybody's walking by. They're seeing them bids. And if they see the highest bids a hundred, and that person won it for a hundred, yeah, you're right. That doesn't look good on, for Saxon. Well, but if it's raffled off, nobody knows what you raised on that raffle. No, no. Right. no. And, it, and it still plays well for Saxon. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you. Listen to this. This was embarrassing. As all get out. They had a guy who do. Listen, you have to. When I say this, you understand. I'm from Cecil County. I have a pickup truck. Okay. So when I say this. <laughs> God. I'm talking about myself. I have deer heads hanging on the wall in my basement. Just saying, and a turkey. My wife, I have a. She wanted me to get a turkey mounted in my basement, so I have a turkey. Your wife wanted you to. My do wife that. wanted it. That's She's right. probably got a jackalope too. Yep, I have one of them. So, <laughs> so, 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 um, um, where was jackalope? Is it? It's a, it's a joke. Oh. They, mount, they mount a rabbit head, a rabbit neck and head, and they put deer horns on it, oh. and they call it a jackalope. Okay. So, um, where in the world was I going with this? Oh, a pickup truck. Okay, all right. So I'm down in Southern Maryland, and um, they say there's a spray and bed liner. They want me to put on the auction, the live auction. So I said, you don't want to do this in a live auction. I said because it's it's too common. And they said, oh, it's it's worth fifteen hundred dollars. I'm thinking, well, the guy's probably got nine hundred in it or six hundred in it, and chemicals and hours and the machinery and. Mm-hmm. The guy who's donated has got 600 in it, you know, um, you know, this, that, and the other. And anybody, that's highfalutin redneck. You got a spray and bed liner. Right. You know what I mean? That's where I was, by the way, everybody, I'm a redneck. I claim. So just saying. So <laughs> that is hot. That's like big time. Yeah. Right. 
But the guy who's donating has got money in it because he's playing for this rubberized stuff. He's paying for the machinery. He's paying for all this, paying for a guy to do it. So I said, please, that's not, no, no, no. I said, okay. Well, the guy who donated is in the crowd. I start the bit. All right, what do you say? What do you give? How about a bit for 100? 100 habit of one and a half. One and a half. How about 200? Two and a half. How about 300? Give me the bit for 300. 300. 300. 275. 275. How about 275? I got 250. 275. Sold it for you for 250. Sold 250. The guy stands up and screams, and I'm not going to say what he said. (laughs) And this is the middle of a black tie event. I should have beep effing gave gave you the money I got in it. And instead of doing this, and he got his stuff and he walked out. That guy will oh. never donate again to them. Wow. That is heartbreaking. But that's the reality of it. Yeah. So the problem is, is this. The reality, the the, the myths of fundraising are donations. you got to get donations. Donations are the best. No, they're not. They're boring. Right. They bore people to tears. What you need to do is you need to have, you need, you need to take your donations. 80% of donations are best used in raffles. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of fun raffles. You like at Riley and all my events. We'll have a lot of really fun, yeah. fun, fun raffles, and um and people like to win. They don't care what they win. They just want to win. That mm-hmm. dopamine hit. That that getting the good deal. It's yeah, the same. woohoo! Yeah. Look at that one. Oh yeah. my god! Right. And then they go home and go, what am I going to do with this? Right. <laughs> right. So everybody wants to win. The myth number one is is donations are the key. Myth number two is is why would I? Everything's got to be free. Huh? Everything's got to be free. Everything's got to be donated. Donated food, Uh, donated venue. Let me explain something to you. Sponsored. No, not even sponsored. You got to spend money to make money. Yes. You ain't going to find a venue or caterer for free most of the time. No. Mm -hmm. No, they're not going to do it for free. No. They got to make money. They got to pay their And here's another one. They can't give you alcohol for free. It's against the law. Right. Right. So... What you got to understand is, is how do I attract? How do I attract big money, people with money, mm-hmm. that, and give them an event? Well, you got to have it a good venue, and you better have somebody who knows what they're doing. Right. The planning it because this is one of I could I have all these little sayings I live by. Like we live a full time life with a full time job with a full time commitment, a full time family, and then you're supposed to be a fundraiser. Do you know fundraising? Do you know how it's changed? Do you know what's the key? Do you know what's going on now in 2021? Do you know what's changed from last year? Do you know how it affects people, whether the COVID is coming out of that? Do you know what businesses are doing good? Do you know what people like? Do you know what they don't like? Do you understand the different fundraising platforms, which is a live auction, silent auction, uh, raffles, and the need for them? How that affects people, who it reaches? No, you don't. So legitimately, you will waste your time. I talked to Joey mm-hmm. Ayler, Joey Ayler from Tar Heel Construction, plug, um, <laughs> good guy. And I asked him, I said, hey, what's you know what's some of the, the biggest netting events you've ever gone to? And I was a bit surprised how low they were. And I'm thinking, my God, I could... I could really be helping these people. But the, yeah. the, 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 the thing is, like, they, they think, why would I pay you? 
Why would I pay you? Why would I give you a piece of my pie? The same reason you pay a CPA, though, or the right. same reason you pay anybody else. I'm a hired gun. Expert. Yeah, like, well, you have expert knowledge and you have a track record and experience that, that backs up everything that you're saying. So it's yeah. just like. Well, pe- people people think, why would I ever yeah. pay you? Well, ask Jackie Colby. Yeah. And Danny McGee and ask Christy Breslin. I mean, so they think, why would I pay you? You and can this either is, do your home project yourself and get what you get. Yeah, you or get you what you get. Or you can hire a contractor and that knows what he's doing. Beautiful. Right. Yeah. right. So, um, like, why would I pay you? And they think this piece of the pie thing, right? Why would I give you my piece of the pie? Well, what they don't realize is your pie and my pie are much bigger, are much different. Your pie is the size of a tasty cake for all of us Baltimore <laughs> people. And my pie <laughs> is the size of a 36-inch pizza. Right, so you're giving me a sliver of this much larger pie. It's not. I'm not taking a piece of your little tiny case, tasty cake. Right. I mean, it's like nonprofits are are working with a poverty mentality versus they do. the abundance mentality. Absolutely, you. It's you, Calvinist. You know what? You're 100 percent correct there because one of the things that I go through this all the time, especially back in the day with the Lions Club when we used to do fundraisers. I would always say, well, let's sell the tickets for this. Oh, that's too much. People ain't going to buy them. You know, or when we're DJing an event, one of the things I can't stand, and I think you and I talked about this at that one event, I don't want people dancing. I don't no. care if they're dancing. I want them spending money. Yeah, I don't want them to dance. Right. It's and not, that's not when I'm playing party. the music, I like to play something where it triggers something in somebody's mind and yeah, they'll upbeat, talk about upbeat, it. Upbeat, 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 and if they got a request, guess what? You're going to pay for your for Don't the request. Is there going to be dancing at Rockin' for Riley? <laughs> I really like to dance. Oh, <laughs> if you want to dance, you're more than welcome to dance. Because they're not going to be in a lot of room to dance. But if you want to dance, oh, okay. if you want to dance, there'll be room to dance. There'll be there's room to dance. You can dance, but we're not promoting dancing. Right. But, okay. but one of the, the thing for just bring a fresh a credit of, card though. Right. I think a lot of the nonprofits are afraid to either charge higher prices for tickets they're just they don't want they don't set their goals high enough is what i exactly let's 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 go ahead so you said something about um that you made the comment how to attract big money at an event right Um, just even that thought right there because a lot of more people i think seem to come from how can we attract the people who would have a vested interest in this mission succeeding okay here this is another myth Successful fundraising is another one where we're going to get a fist through the thing. Successful <laughs> fundraising has nothing to do with the charity. Right, has everything yeah. to do with the event. Partially the charity, but it has everything to do with the event. Let's let's say take it for instance. Let's just say a little girl gets almost killed and her life is ruined by a drunk driver. Mm-hmm. Right? And she's not part of a charity. There's no charity. Little girl has now got $1.9 million in bills. If you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, I'm talking about rocking for Riley. Mm-hmm. Riley Ham, nine years old, struck by a drunk driver on 136, and now is, and I hate to say it, but I have to, now is confined to a wheelchair, to a wheelchair and to the interior of her own mind for the rest of her life. She's not part of this big charity, the big, uh, American way or some big, huge habitat for humanity. No, she's not. So how are you going to raise money for her? Well, people lined up to tell me, to to tell the client, you know, there's no way in the world we're going to be able to do a big thing. And people have done some things for her. And it's nice that they did it. So what they did was they called me. 
they actually called somebody else who then said, you need to call this guy, right? right? And uh, so I went in, sat down with him and told him, I said, this is what I expect because I have a criteria to work with me. You need to do this, 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 and this. And if you don't do this, 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 and this, I can't help you. Um, and uh, we had a meeting, and I said, there'll be at least 500 people there. Well, they about fell out of their chair, and some people said, there's no way. Hmm. Um, there's no way it's going to happen. I said, yeah, if you listen to me, if you do what I tell you, it's, it's going to happen. And say, how can you be so sure? I said, because I'm, I know what I do. I know what's going to happen. So we created an event called Rockin' for Riley. Well, um, at first it went slow, and I had these people say that, you know, this side and the other. But I knew what was going on. It, it's, it becomes about the event. Right? Yeah. It's first, first, the first people in become about, they're about Riley. Early but adopters, they, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. They get in for Riley, and that's it. And then it becomes about the event. Ask Jackie Colby what she's going through right now. 650 people come into this event at Martin's West. It's the entire building. Now, if you don't know Martin's West, it's five ballrooms and another ballroom. They have an entire ballroom of just nothing but food. One full ballroom of nothing but food. It's the buffets or in their Maryland room. Right. 650 people, all affluent people. People, you know, everybody, people who've, who are, there's a lot of money in going to be in it. Yeah. So ask her, well, what did it? The event. What most people do, the problem is, is this, is, and I, and I'm speaking directly to you. You're, you have a fantastic mission of your charity, but the problem is, is this, what makes your mission any better than the other 800 missions that are, they're all great missions. Mm -hmm. But the issue and is, we work together to get right. Well, the issue is, is everybody, every charity thinks they're an all amongst themselves, right? And every charity has a great mission. So, how do you decide which one you're going to support? Everybody has their pet charity, and if you ask me, mine, mine is is for a law enforcement, the Wounded Blue, and for law enforcement, and for the armed forces. That's yeah. the ones I love. These are my brothers and my sisters. That's the ones that I love, right? So what you got to do is you got to create an event. It has to be an event. And I'm not. And if you notice, I, Rich, you know this. I don't ever say fundraiser because there's a fundraiser on every street corner. We create events. Now the event will attract them, and it's about using Facebook and about this and about that. So we come off of the event. It's all about the event, the event, the event. Oh my God, it's so great, it's so great. Oh my God, you got to be there. The food, the drinks, the blah, 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 blah. Oh, and then by the way, it's for this, right? Because every, no matter where you go, you go to McDonald's, where you give to Ronald McDonald House. You go to Walmart, where you give to St. Jude's. You go to – I walk into an airport because, you know me, I spend a lot of time. In fact, Sunday I'm flying to Augusta. Um, you um, – uh, Annie Ann's Pretzels, where you give to Alex's Lemonade Stand. Everywhere you go, turn on the TV, there's a child with a fly crawling across his face. It's only a dollar a day. Give me a bowl right. of rice. So they're deluged. So what happens is, is people get numb to it. They don't care about it. And I, it's this is this is what I tell people. You got to grasp the fact it's okay that they don't care. Right. What matters is the dollars that they're going to spend. The dollars they're going to give you. So if you look at it that light, and that shocks people. And I and I say, look, there's two things. There's something people think they love about me, and there's things they hate about me. I'm they love about the fact that I'm direct. I'm not going to lie to you. And I'm not going to blow smoke up your butt. But what they hate about me is I'm direct. 
I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to hold your hand. I'm not going to blow smoke up your butt. I'm not going to do it. Right. Let's tell you the reality. 650 people later, here you go. Okay. So, because I'm so used to riffing on my own, I'm just going to answer my own things. Okay. <laughs> so everybody says, I, I, I prepped Rich so everybody understands this. I prep Rich for things. That, okay. Ask me the thing about the keys. <laughs> about oh, the what? Keys. The keys to success. How I do forgot you, that. I never did. No. <laughs> About the keys to su- yeah, yeah. success, successful fundraising. Okay, so there's two keys to success, and he, then there's he a felt cornerstone. Bad that he was leaving me out. That's because no, you know what happens is I get on a riff. Like I, could but talk, I don't mind that. I could talk for about this for hours. What What did I tell you that before? Start making a YouTube my, channel. My yeah, I have one. Oh, uh-huh. there you go. My name may be on the podcast, but it's not my podcast. The podcast belongs to my guest. Okay. Awesome. Well, so, so shut up and let yeah. me talk. No, there I'm you go. go ahead. So, um, so, um, the two keys to success, success, and then there's a cornerstone that guarantees you success. Mm-hmm. Now, this is what loses people. They don't understand this because they'll go to less than less than venues who don't do really great, and the food is bad, or they'll there's a track record of getting, um, a food poisoning or things like that. Yeah. Right. Right. Or they'll go to the local fire hall or the local church basement or something like that. They're keeping they it small. Money, right? And they give people like canned green beans and all that. Well, the two keys to success for any successful fundraising. you got to understand we've raised over $500 million for charity, right? We've done this all over the country. I've got a resume, like, and I could get you on the phone with 20 people who will sing. In fact, on our website, I'm not telling people to go to my website. Most people have, when I tell you this. Put the website address. WWW, right right, I do this. <laughs> Listen, I got to tell you this. All right, sidebar, right? So I do these videos, video blogs, right, on Facebook, and I'll put them on YouTube. And I say, my entrance is, is hey, it's George Wooden from BW Limited Charity Fundraising, your charity fundraising one-stop shop. Check out our website. Ready, set, go. www.bwunlimited.com, bwunlimited.com. Check it out, right? So I walk into a restaurant, my wife and I, in Ohio, getting ready because we're doing an event for the Hall of Fame, the NFL Hall of Fame. <laughs> and one of the girls behind the counter goes, there's the dot guy. There's the, <laughs> there's dot, the guy. dot guy. <laughs> right, right, right. Right, because we have like 10,000 fans, over 10,000 fans on Facebook. People watch our videos. And uh, there's the dot guy. She's like, hey, 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 Mr. George. I know it makes me feel so old. Mr. George, can I can I do that? Can I do that with you? I said, sure. And I pulled my phone up in the air. I said, hey, it's George Wooden from BW Under Charity Fundraising, your charity fundraising one-stop shop. I'm here with Cindy. I forget her name. Here with Cindy. Check out our website. Ready, set, go. www. She goes, dot. BWLimited.com. <laughs> so, so we have video testimonials. I don't do letters of recommendations because everybody everybody generally fakes them. Right. Linda from so-and-so, Linda C's from, who's Linda C? I want you to be able to call those people. So we have our clients doing video videos. They say mm-hmm. it on video. They recommend us. There's hundreds of them. So the two keys to successful fundraising are the venue and the menu. I like that. Mm-hmm. Now, the venue has got to attract people with money. They've got to like it. Because everybody right. also like it, if they like it. So you got to have a nice place. Clean, clean. You know what's really important? A nice parking lot. Yes. The bathrooms are not overflowing. The, the toilets are clean. There's not overflowing 
those brown paper towels coming out yes. of the thing. That's important. Okay. A good staff. The place is clean. It smells good. There is no stains on the thing. The food's good. Looks like a new place. Right. Right. It's important. Mm-hmm. That's important to people to attract people with money. Well, the same way a nice restaurant, the you know, the catering and you yes. are yeah. Yeah. You're the it, star it, of the show. We're right. just here to serve you. Right. The I would also think too, when you go to a place like that where it's clean and it's very attractive, number one, that's attracting positivity. People are going in there for positive mm-hmm. attitude. The moment they want to spend. The moment they pull into the parking lot, everything matters. Mm-hmm. Everything matters. Every little, in fact, I was just telling Jackie Colby this this morning. The little things matter. You have no idea. Yeah. I'm really proud of her because she's putting all the gift certificates in frames. I've never seen that before. Really? She's put them in frames. Wow. It's insane. I said, I learned that. That's a new trick. Okay. So the venue, it's got to make people feel good the moment they pull into the parking lot. And I will plan egress and ingress because we plan it all. Like right. the, what happens in the parking lot, which are like when they walk in, I want them to hear pumping music because it gets them their energy mm-hmm. going, right? So the venue, it's got to be nice, got to be clean service, people, the way they're treated, the guests, everything else, right? The appearance. And Martin's, you can't get in, in this area, Martin's catering, I, you can't touch them. Oh, Martin, they're the best. Martin's West is awesome. Well, Martin's West, Martin's period. Well, you, how many do they have? Then? They have um, they have Martin's West. They've got Martin's Crosswinds, Martin's um, oh. Valley, um, Martin's Camelot. Four. They just sold Martin's East. Yeah, I knew that. I didn't realize they had Did all that. They sell them, it to another vendor. No, they, no. it's a tire place. It's going to be sold. It's a tire place. So, um, <clears throat> so that's gone. But that building needed a lot of repairs. They've been trying to sell for three years. I knew about it. So. That place, if you think of that, if you've, if you've been to Martin's West, where Riley's going to be, you'll understand it. If you, The moment you walk, you pull into the place, you'll get it, how it's – I mean, the place is man. They do a lot of huge I, events I haven't been there. there before, but I can I still tell you, you drive past on 695, and it's the it's big right white there, building yeah. with yeah, well, the big crystal well, chandelier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you, you know, you, yeah. That, that's it. It's the quintessential you know. place, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, the, the president, the president's – the. Two vice presidents, good friends of mine, Wayne Resnick and um, Chris. There, just all the whole staff. I, you know, we do a lot of business with them, and um, they they just they go above and beyond to make sure their guests are happy. So, okay, so the venue and the menu. The menu means not the food. The venue means what do I get? What am I getting for my money? Am I getting a nice place? Again, back to the menu. Right. Am I getting a good staff? Am I getting um, a nice place? Is it clean? Um, what kind of food am I getting? How much food am I getting? Am I getting a bar? Am I getting music? What's on the auctions? Is there auctions, live auctions, silent auctions? All of it, the venue and the menu, matters more than you know. Now, what is the one thing, this is the cornerstone, that guarantees you success? Guarantees it success for a fundraiser people i would think nope i'm thinking hard but i don't want to say it if you got an idea and then i'll just i'll tell you what do you think guarantees success success when i tell you you're gonna die ready Uh, is it whether or not there's like a a cash bar versus nope nope ready cost of the ticket 
You know why? Cheap ticket gets you. Cheap event. Cheap people. Get you grazers. People come in. I should have knew the answer to this because you said that earlier. Get you grazers. The ticket ticket price has got to be high enough to pre-qualify people for your event. Plus, and what I mean is like pre-qualifying for a loan. If they could pay this, they can afford to donate. If they pay this, they can afford. Because if the t- ticket is so low, you're going to get a lot of people coming in the door that can't afford to do anything. Right. They're going to spend so their it has time to be, at the bar or listen, at the buffet. Whether this upsets people or not, look, I'm a fundraiser. I'm a hired gun. Yeah. I'm the guy coming in there to get people to get spend money. Right? So if I'm getting people in the room and they're not, they're not willing or can't spend any money, why even have it? Right. So it has to be out of reach of that, that mm-hmm. set of people. And I'm sorry if that upsets you, but hey – this is reality. It's reality. reality. Well, the those people that maybe can't afford the ticket, there are plenty of other ways to still they can support. still support. Right, right, right. Yeah. right. And especially so, with organizations, you can go volunteer or whatever. Right, right, other right. things. The other thing is this. The other thing. Okay, so now, if the ticket price is high enough, who does that attract? Spenders, people with money, yeah. affluent people, because they see that the ticket price is seventy, eighty dollars, a hundred. Some of them might look. I've done them where they've been ten thousand dollars a ticket, right? Right. So um, we did the one for the, the the former Beetle in the low boathouse in Central Park, and that was a ten thousand dollar ticket. Place was loaded up with people. Wow, full of celebrities. So um, by the way, so that you know, working with celebrities is like working with people that have a personality of a dry paint can. Okay, so I would much, 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 much rather work with cops, people, normal people than I ever would. But there are some great, great celebrities that you've worked that you work with that I'm good friends with. I'm very good friends with a few. Yes, that are very down to earth. Yes, well, they're very down to earth once you get past the ego. Well, yes, and you gotta, you have to do stuff that's counterproductive than what they're used to, and then it kind of brings them down to earth. So there are good. There's some really good ones. I met a lot of celebrities. Yeah. I'm lucky about that, but so he hasn't answered my autograph yet. Hey, <laughs> I want to slice your Santa Claus beard. Hey, no. So, um, so the, the ticket price, the ticket price has got to be high enough. And, and, and how do we, how do you prove that? So it pre-qualifies them. It also lets them know the caliber of the event. Mm-hmm. Right. And how do you get that is you get a good price at the venue and then you add profit or margin mm-hmm. on top of the ticket. If this wasn't true, why would charity calendars online have a thing that say uh, events under one hundred and fifty dollars? Ah, what's that website? There are calendar, there are charity calendars on on online oh, okay. that say events under click here for if events under one hundred and fifty dollars. Oh, why God. is that? Because the people who've got money to spend don't want to go to events under one hundred fifty dollars. Right. So, what you can understand in order to get them, it's all about the ticket price. They'll determine whether they want to go depending on what the ticket price is. Right. And the venue. You've got to understand, and the venue, and the menu. Yeah. What you've got to understand is people with money want to be with people with money. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay? And if you're coming for coming to Riley, you or you came to Riley, depending on when you air this, um, you'll understand when I do a thing, the paddle raise or the funding need. You'll see what happens there. So because people are looking around, it's kind of the keeping up with the Joneses, yeah. Yeah. Peacock. They all like mm-hmm. the Peacock too. 
So the re- they they do. They love the peacock. Everybody yeah, likes. To, uh, they want to show their t- shake their tail feathers. Hey, look at me. Look at the size of my wallet. Right. Yeah. They do. They really do. So I, I love meeting people that aren't aware of their their ego's presence, and it's oh, just it's just oh. very yeah because it's kind of fun to How like cater you? to that. All right, let's let's okay. Let's, <laughs> let's, okay, I'm just that's, gonna let well, you let's yeah. branch off into this one. Okay. Let me just stroke your ego. All right, <laughs> I'm so I'm looking at a so everybody listening, I'm looking at a dartboard. Okay, there's three types of people who come to an event. You did this in one of your videos. Yes. There's three types of people come to every event. Which, excuse me one minute, for those of you that haven't, and Alicia, you need to watch George's videos because I saw that when you also did one. Oh, this might be the one you're talking about. I do many of them. Many. Yeah. I, Talk, mean, just, I give people tips, all free free advice all the time. I, a lot of stuff that I never knew about and I picked up on. Like, you never even thought uh, about it. Yeah. Right. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Back uh, to okay. the dark. So there's part. three types of people who come to every event. There's affluent people, high income. Mm-hmm. There's middle income people, and then there's lower income people they, that are able to pay the ticket price to get in the door. Okay, so in order to get them all engaged into your fundraising event, there are various fundraise, and I made this term up, fundraising platforms, i.e., live auction, silent auction, mm-hmm. right. that kind of stuff. Right. So. In order to get the in order to get the affluent, the money, the people with the money, to get them engaged where they want to really go after and spend a lot of money, how do you get them? Live auction. Mm-hmm. Live auction. The reason why is a um, they are extremely competitive by nature. Mm-hmm. Most of them are business owners, type A plus one crack like me, <laughs> right? Uh, like <laughs> drinking Red Bulls and Laredo beer or whatever, right? And they're extremely competitive, and they get to the point where they'll, they'll be like, uh-uh, no, ooh, you're not bidding me out. Right. right. And they'll raise their hand, raise their hand, raise their hand. It's like so watching storage wars it or is, something. It is, yeah. true, truly. So so they, it gets funny. It gets to the point where, like, like I've had people, like, bidding sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 on something that's worth 1000 So I'm like, oh, my God. So, okay. So – so that, but the problem is, a live auction can't be so long, and this is what another lot of charities mm-hmm. mess up on. A lo- the live auction can't be so long where it bores the tears out of everybody else in the room because you've got that's twenty five percent of the people can afford the things in the live auction, right? Twenty five percent. But it can't be so boring that it bores them, and it's got to be quick, like twelve items. Fast. So, say a four-hour event, how much time is spent on a live auction? 30 minutes. Half an hour, yeah, I was about okay. to say. Half 30, 30, hour, 30, 35 minutes. Okay. It's got to be fast. Right. The other thing, too, about an, an auction is, is this. So, okay, people who normally go to auctions go and they don't care about the chant, the auctioneer's chant. Mm-hmm. Because they're there at an auction. They're used to it. Like, my wife and I, we go every Friday to one auction up in New Park, Pennsylvania. They have livestock and all kind of stuff. My wife, my wife loves chickens and so, um, so, but at a charity event, they'd love to hear the chant. Mm-hmm. They'd like to, but see the charity event, the charity auctioneer is in a professional. So if you, if you're doing an event, whether you got me as your charity auctioneer, or you got somebody else, you got to have a charity auctioneer. You right. have to, because a charity auctioneer understands it, <clears throat> the schematics. He understands how to, he or she, I mean, there's some great charity auctioneers in the area. Lynn Zink, she's really great. There's a lot of, you know, uh, Side question. Pat, Pat O'Neill was another one I thought of. I don't know. know. Um, with the auctioneer, did you know that you were good at that or before you, you started? Know, you, okay, like, well, when did that you come really, You want to really know, hear, my, you hear my whole story about that? I, I, I'll reveal it. Okay. 
So when I retired from the Maryland State Police, um, I went I le- went from a hundred twenty five thousand dollar a year job. This is on a dream, on a whim, not knowing where like where I would be now today. My wife and I legitimately almost lost everything we owned. I mean, it's almost upsetting. We um um because I I get hit. Um, I remember listening down the hallway and hearing this isn't fake, by the way. Oh, I know. I could hear my wife crying, laying on the bed, crying, and I and I heard her. And I walked down. I said, "What's wrong?" And she looked at me. She said, "Are you sure about this?" Because we were like living on spam and deer meat. Mm-hmm. Like I sold everything I owned. I sold all my guns. Why well, don't hunt anymore? I sold all my guns. Sold everything. Went through my four hundred one k. Living on a thirty-eight thousand dollars a year pension with one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars a year jet bills. Jeez. And I heard her crying. I said, "I'm telling you, I've never been sure of something ever more in my life. Just hang in there, please, please hang right. in there." So today, my wife walks on water because she stood next to me when nobody else would. So going back to the auctioneer thing, sorry about that. It's just I remember hearing her cry. Yeah. So um, the auctioneers wanted $500,000, and I needed that money. Right. I really did. I needed that money. And there was no way of me paying them when I needed it. I needed to, to feed my child, feed my wife, you know, pay my bills. So um, I can't believe I'm admitting this. Um, so I started watching YouTube videos. What's wrong? Yeah. So I, I learned how to change the oil on my wife's car. So I, I, I'm a self-taught auctioneer. But what's crazy is, is I remember watching these videos and practicing and driving my wife and son out of their mind as I was practicing. <laughs> Were you practicing and at the dinner table? I was at the dinner table. In the car, probably. In the car, yeah. In the car, you know. Here, it's you want to speak to me? Go speak to me right here. <laughs> right, right. So it's all about these breakup words, right? So, but look, what's funny is, is this, and my wife can tell you, like, so I taught myself how to be an auctioneer because I thought, why am I going to go to auction school? I'm not selling houses or cars. Or right. Right, like right, right, right. I just need to be, che- I need to be entertaining. I call myself an auction tainer, more of an auctioneer. So, um, so like a DJ. Yeah. yeah. So, you, you know, so I didn't go to school. So what I did was I learned how to do it and stepped up and did it. And before you know it, we were standing in the White House and I was selling to the president, president's wife. Wow. Doing it as an auctioneer. I've stood in front of crowds, 1,800 people. People say, how can you do that? How can you talk so fast? I just learned how to do it by watching YouTube videos. Wow. So that's that's where I learned it. Un, under your, I guess, presence, I, it seems like you've got an incredibly empathetic nature because, like, you're you're able to tap into what people want so easily. What they want, like, they don't need a, a professional auctioneer. They want some entertainment with maybe some the, yeah, the skills. I'm, ex- I'm I'm very empathetic. Yeah. Well, I'm more empathetic. In fact. Pe- I, I do things that I don't want anybody to know that I'm doing um, because I don't think it's about that. I really, truly believe in karma. I believe in doing – God, I get, I'm getting all kind of misty-eyed. I really believe in doing the good things but without anybody knowing it. I don't want people to know what I'm yeah. doing because I don't want them to expect it from me either. So um, this thing with Riley literally brought me to tears. I, saw, I don't know if you saw the video. No, I, 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 I went yeah. and overlooked at the, her Instagram pictures, and I was sitting in my driveway, and I started crying my eyes out. I mean, here I am, big, tough state trooper, former Marine, 
six foot five. Yeah, four, sit, sit, six, sitting in my driveway at night, looking at these pictures, crying my eyes out. And I, I said, no time like the present, Facebook Live. And I talked about her. So, but my thing is, is, is the charities don't get this. They don't get why you need professionals. Everybody, people would much rather, and then we'll get back to the circle, much rather make less, little bit, instead of making a lot and paying somebody to help them. Yeah. It's the truth. Makes no sense. Yeah, Makes no. no sense. Okay, so let's go back to the circle. Quarter of the people do the live auction because they like the peacock. Mm-hmm. 75% of the people get a bore them to tears. So you got to be quick and fast. Let them, right. let them see it. Let them hear the chant. You want to hear my chant? Sure. All right. What do you say? What do you give? How about a bit for 1,000? What do you give? Give me the bit for one. How about a bit for one? One and a half. One and a half. How about two? Give me the bit for two. Two and a half. How about a bit for three? That's my chant. So I taught myself how to do that. Man, I should have been doing this live and had you try to get me a sponsor. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, so, uh, so that's my chant. So, um, YouTube. Thank you, YouTube. <laughs> so, um, now, I'm so the other dismantle the whole student loan thing, but that's a whole other. <laughs> What's that? What's YouTube, because yeah. you can uh, you got it all at your fingertips. Yeah, that's right, exactly. So, so um, you can do anything you want if you set your mind on it, which is a whole nother podcast. So, um, so seventy five percent of the people. Okay, so in the middle, how, the people with the middle income, how do you get them? Silent auction. Silent auction. Mm-hmm. Right. But the great part about it is that's fifty percent of the people. But no, but the great part about the silent auction is. Same people who've been on live can also been on the right. silent, right? Now, over here you got twenty five percent of the people who can't afford the live, can't afford the silent. What do you have for them? The raffles. 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 Cool part about it is because they got fifty dollars in their pocket, they can spend fifty bucks. Cool part about it is same people who've been on the live can bid on the silent. Same people who've been on the silent can bid on the, can also buy raffle tickets. Right. Everybody can buy raffle tickets. Now, this is something that nobody understands. People will often. Go to a fundraising event and say to people, "Hey, there's an envelope on the table. If 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 you could if you could put money in the envelope, make a donation to us, we would really appreciate it." At the end of the night, you're going to pick up the envelope and it's going to be full of dust. Nobody's going to give you anything. Mm-hmm. The key to it is is understanding its psychology. Everybody likes the peacock. You ask them, show me, you would like to donate. Ah. Show me. So show me the money. Yep. So I'll say at the end of the auction, and you'll hear me say it if you're right, Riley. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight maybe there wasn't anything in the live auction you liked or you got outbid on. Maybe there wasn't anything in the silent auction you liked or you got outbid or bid on, or you didn't win a raffle prize, but you truly, truly, truly love or want to help Riley. So I'm gonna right now you're not buying anything. What you're doing is you're helping and saving. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a chance to make a donation directly to the cause. This is 100% directly to the cause, tax deductible, and you're not buying anything. <clears throat> so I'm going to call out a money amount, and if you could, you would like to donate that money amount, raise your bidder card because we give everybody bidder cards. And I'll say, if you'd like to donate $5,000, raise your bidder card. I can guarantee you at Riley people are going to rate, do $5,000. So um, they'll raise their bidder card, and I'll say, bidder number 504, thank you, because I'm talking to my clerk. She's writing it down. Bidder number 324, thank you, 5000 All right, anybody else? Nobody else? How about 2500 How about 1000 How about 750 Nobody ever does 750 <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know even why I say it. They never do 750. Then I'll go to 500, 250, and 100, and it's amazing to see all these cards going in here. Yeah, and I'll be going, bloom, 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 calling out these numbers. Bloom, 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 bloom. I mean, it takes a while calling out these numbers. Hundred dollars, hundred dollars, hundred dollars, hundred dollars. I did one. It did in San Francisco, three hundred thirty-eight thousand dollars in five minutes. Whoa. Whoa. Then I saw at a local event for two trips was. For two trips. And in like ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what I'm saying is, it's just all so psychology. Yeah. The whole thing is about psychology. So. Um. Yeah. So that's it. What are some of the biggest challenges you faced? <laughs> Even though we, I know we've covered some, but I know there's a lot you haven't covered. Yeah. There's a there's a lot. Um. Well, the biggest challenge I face is people who hire us and then don't want to listen to me. <laughs> Been there. They, with you. They. They. Yeah. They, yeah. They'll hire me, and then they'll refuse to listen to what I'm saying. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. When I say I've been there with him on that, I don't mean that I was the one that didn't listen to him. I introduced him to somebody, and they didn't listen to him. They didn't listen. So they hire me, and they sign our contract because we have a contract that's pretty detailed. Detailed. Um, And it tells you what I'm going to do and what we're guaranteeing we're going to do. And, we, man, we do everything. But they'll hire me, and then they'll refuse to listen. And when they do that, it literally derails the whole process. And I spend more time arguing with them to get them to do stuff, so mm-hmm. it's not worth my time. So now I will li- almost be- tell people, please don't hire me. Please don't hire me. Yeah. Don't, don't hire me. In fact, I'm going to vet you. Why, do you. why should I help you? If you're not going to listen to me, I don't want to work with you. You've got to listen to me 100%. Jackie Colby and Russ Cook did. You know, All these other clients around the country do. Um, you know, you got – great clients i mean boston uh you know we're going to boston we're going to vegas the wounded blues they're listening to me we sold out an event where everybody's got to fly in fact that's an excuse that's too far to drive from marford county to baltimore people got to fly to vegas to go to that event we have people that fly in to these events so come on it's an excuse that's the biggest problem the biggest problem is our excuses excuses for failure negativity and people who hire us and then won't listen. And it causes us nothing but problems. Because now, not are you not only listening to me, but then you're going to expect the best results, but you're not going to listen to me. Right. You're not going to listen to me about posting on Facebook. You're not listening to me about how to describe the event. You're not listening to me about um, how to sell these tickets. You're not listening. So it's like... Finally, I just throw my hands up in the air. Yeah, and one of the things I got to say is, and this is where George is good at, because the only marketing he does is Facebook. Mm-hmm. But, like, because I had him on, we did a podcast about rocking for Riley. That's what he met Joe. So he'll sit there, every post he does about rocking for Riley, he tags people in. Mm-hmm. And he'll call me, he'll send me texts. He, of course, he sends me a text. He yells at me. Huh. Says I don't answer him right away. But so I went off on a thing. I but, thought Rich was mad at me because he wasn't. I'm like, did oh, I do something? I don't but, know. Yeah. but George will tell us to share it. And when you you know, when he says it, sends it to me, I'm thinking, all right, great. I'm not going to share it just to my personal page. Right. I'm going to share it to you know my other pages. Mm-hmm. You know. Right away, not always. It all depends because I schedule stuff out. 
But and I think that's what helps out a lot. Well, here's the thing. Ready for this? There is a more. Now you got to understand. I didn't go to college. I was a cop and a marine. Right. Right. Jarhead. Right? Still are a marine. Once a marine, yeah, yeah. always a marine. Once a marine, always. I wanted to yell at you about saying former marine. Right. But. Okay. So your Montezuma so the, the, playing the, the, right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the the odd part about it is there is a marketing. I love marketing. I love mm-hmm. branding. Mm-hmm. I love all that stuff. I love it. Psychology. Yeah. It's this whole thing is about psychology. So there's a marketing thing called the rule of seven. Go ahead, write that down. The rule of seven. Well, the rule of seven is a marketing, a professional marketing term, means people need to see something seven times before they Mm -hmm. react. Seven times. So you may have to post it 50 times for them to see it seven times. So if they didn't see it seven times, you're literally cutting your own throat. Right. Do you know how many people daily are on Facebook? Oh my God, you're talking. 1.49 billion yes. daily active users. If you are not using Facebook, you're dead in the water. Yeah. Facebook, 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 Facebook. And it's all about that. You can't do anything wrong. You post and post and post. Mm-hmm. The problem that they do it is they'll go in and they'll start talking about their charity. But the problem is talk about the, event, the event. Because right. everybody wants to go to a great event. Ask, I hate to ask my clients. Right now, there's tidal waves. We literally, I'm going to tell you a little trick. We will call it sold out before it's sold out because what happens is I know what's going to happen. There's going to be a tidal wave. People are going, oh my God, I missed it. Hey, 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 can I get tickets? We called sold out on at on, on Rock and right, Riley yeah. at 500 and we're at 650. Right. Yeah. Actually, a question about that because uh, I know you do a lot of Martin's West. So, do you have to give them a head count? Yes. All right. So, when do you stop? Was it two weeks before the event that you give them a head count? We we just gave a head count. Okay. At five ninety seven. Okay. But immediately as soon as we gave the head count, we started getting more tickets. Okay. Literally, we're getting calls. So then, because is there like a max on the back end that they say? No, oh. I've done events in there with 1,500, 1,500 people. In Martins. Oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah. Ed Block Courage Awards. I don't know if you know that. Well, that you know that. Yeah. Um, so um, you 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 can give them, you can give them up to a couple days before. Okay. And they'll prep because they're so good at what they do. They know what's going to happen. And, right. they, and they know me. They know my shtick. They know how I work because I've done with so many events at Martin's that um, they know how it works. Like right. they, the, I'll, they'll, I'll walk in and everything will be set the way I, I want it without even telling them. In fact, the reason why I was late today to come meet you new is because plan. they were selling that we sold over yeah. and I had to get a new floor plan together. So, because I have it out in my car, I got to run it over to Russ Cook because we got to get the floor plan together. Right, and it's all about egress and ingress and how people move. That's another thing I study. Like you'll see now, you'll see when you walk in the door, you walk right past bidder registration where you got to get a bidder number. You got to get a bidder number in order to buy anything. Mm-hmm. Silent auction, live auction, or buy a raffle ticket. You need a bidder number. Ah, because, I like that. Yeah. Listen to this. Yeah. Here's why. That's priming them. Priming them. They You're got going something to right. Bid. At the same time, ready? The charity, because you got to give your name, address, phone number, and email address, uh, yeah, the charity yeah. gets a ready-made marketing form yep. for the uh, next time. Yep. Right? Now, when you buy a raffle ticket, okay, why do you need it for raffle tickets? Rich, have you ever right stood? Up. Have you ever, huh? 
For the because uh, no, the bitter, yeah, the bitter no. thing. Rich, the have you ever stood in front of a? You know that everybody calls it a Chinese auction, but yes. I call it a stretch raffle. Have you ever stood in front of a Chinese raffle, a Chinese auction, or a stretch raffle and called out a hundred tickets? One three seven five seven five. One three seven five seven five. One three seven. People are looking through their tickets. Like uh huh. One three seven five seven five. One two three four five six seven. 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 No, you say. Bitter number 506. Hey! I like that. Oh, yeah. I like that. That's a good idea. Solved. Man. Yeah, because as a DJ, I hate calling that. Oh, oh, oh. So you yeah, call, you so got And as a DJ, you got to entertain yourself because they're usually six numbers. So you we make like, them. We one, make. one, six, zero. We, yeah. Seven. Seven. Right, right. <laughs> so you so what we do is we, we, do, we have some raffles boring. like we have some raffles like yeah. that. We have a wheelbarrow. We do a wheelbarrow cheer, not a basket cheer, wheelbarrow. Yeah. We say, in fact, the joke there is you get the liquor, the wheelbarrow, and the hangover that comes right. with it. Yeah. So the wheelbarrow, we do some things like that. But generally, like we do everything through bitter number. Mm-hmm. If like you put that. your bitter number on the back, I call out your bitter number. <clears throat> it's the easiest way of doing it. And then the silent auction, live auction, and then the fund, and so you have a number. And then they throw the card away. So, so when you walk in, you walk past a better number. Everybody gets a better number. So now we know who's in the room, right? And there's no other reason. Like it, we don't, they don't, we don't sell. By the way, we have never. It is a, it is something. My, we do. I've got millions and millions of names and addresses. I will not sell those. Right. I won't give them away. I won't sell them. Don't even ask. It's an integrity issue. Yeah. So then when they walk in, the first thing they see is they see the, the DJ playing up front, the tables and the live auction, song, the song auction, everything going on. People walking around with balloon raffles and stuff like this. In order to get to the food, guess what you got to walk through? The silent auction. Mm. Get to the food, you got to walk through the silent auction. So you're exposed to the silent auction all night long. Right. So it's just a game. It's The whole thing is a game. And then we have the events planned down to every 10 minutes. We know. What's happening? Because we create a controlled three-ring circus. It's a controlled chaos. We know what's going on. We want it to be, by the time the auction gets there, we want people to ready to run their head in the wall. Like, oh, they're so excited. They're having such a good time. People will always come up to us at the event and say, when are the tickets for the next year's event? I want to buy them now. Every event that we do. Every event. So how soon, when the event starts, how soon before you do the live auction? Usually two hours. Two hours. Okay, a silent auction, by the way, a silent auction, people who leave a silent auction open up for any more than that, they're wasting their time. Long, if they leave it open longer than two hours for a silent auction. Okay. Because well, you want people walking past there and, and feeling some sense of urgency to write well, down Well, the, the, the key right? to it is, is the first thing they do is they come in and they'll snipe it. They'll walk around and they'll look at it, and then they'll stand back and snipe it. They'll mm-hmm. watch it from afar, and then they'll glance to see if anybody bid on This is the truth. This I just like that term. They they're sniping it. <laughs> That's what they're doing. They'll snipe it. They'll look across the room, see if anybody's standing mm-hmm. in front of it, until I say, because I did the one. I was telling you about the... Um, well, I wasn't telling you, but I did the national gala for the for the uh, Humane Society, the National Humane Society, and I told the client they were like, "We want it to stay open until for three hours." And I said, "Listen to me, no, it doesn't make any sense. Right. No, we want it." I said, okay, and I'll tell you why it's also bad. And one another thing that we do, so okay, fine. So at the two hour mark, I went over. I said, uh, "The guy was I forget his name, but I'll say John." John, I said, "Come here." 
We walk over, and our silent auctions are big, right? I said, do me a favor. I'm not even going to look. Look over my back. How many people are at the silent auction? He goes, none. I said, exactly. Do you trust me? I said, yeah. He goes, you wanted me to leave this open for three hours. There's nobody over there. Mm-hmm. Here's one they'll care. You ready? Give me the microphone. All right, everybody. The silent auction's closing in 15 minutes. The whole room gets up and goes to the silent right. auction. 10 minutes, five minutes. Stay with your bitter number. Stay with your blah, blah, blah. five minutes. Boom. That's when they care. Mm-hmm. It, you leave it. What you got to understand is you ever push carpet? Yeah. See, I'm a very visual guy. You push carpet. You push it here. It's lumping up at the end, mm-hmm. right? You that's like a that's like a fundraising event. If you don't clear the room as it goes by the end of the night, you got all this work to do. Right. Yeah. Right. So you give away the, the you you give away the um you give away the raffle prizes as they go as they get away to the end of the night, give them away because everybody loves all the win. Throughout, yeah. yeah, they love the win, right? Right. They love the win. The stretch raffle closes and they and my 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 my. my and I figured this out from a thanks to a friend, Andy Black, who lives in Pennsylvania. What they'll do is they'll go over, reach my staff will reach into the bag, swirl around, pick out the winning number, and tape it to the item, dump the bag. So at the end of the night, people just walk over. They go, oh, I won that. Pick it up. We're not even announcing it. Oh, for the stretch. for the raffle? For the stretch. Okay. Okay. I like that. So idea. what happens is, is that it closes itself. Right. Right. So – we get to the silent auction. All the other raffles are done. And then we'll do, a, like, usually a surprise raffle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you'll pick it out as soon as I do it. And um, it's part of my shtick. Yeah. <laughs> so and then when we get we close the silent auction, at that point, everything is done. Mm-hmm. Right. The, the, all the raffles are done. So now we're moving toward the night because at the end of the night – my girls have got to tally all the silent auction, mm-hmm. live auction, and all the funding needs, the, the donations. It's right. a lot of work. Because the moment I say, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. My name is George Wood, and people are getting up like racehorses and going to check out. Yeah. I don't have to sit around and have time to be drawing raffle tickets. So that's what we do. We clear the room in that four hours. So we'll know everything that's going on with every, every 10 minutes. I like that. Every 10 mm-hmm. minutes we know what's happening. And we're also controlling the flow. Mm-hmm. This is the thing that we told Christy, Bre- Christy Breslin about it was, is that the larger events are easier to manage. They're better. Yeah. The reason why is the crowd rules. It's like, it's like changing the flow of water. You just, if everybody's, they, a bunch of people see people at the silent auction, a bunch more people will go there. Right? Yeah. You just direct it's them. It's kind of like fish or birds flying through the. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all those birds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Same thing. So the bigger events are easier to, easier to handle. So, um, the, and that's what we do. So by the end of the night, everything is done. Right. And my, I tell my, I tell everybody this, don't talk to my girls. Leave. I have all women who work for me. I don't have any men because men can't handle stress and they can't, and they also can't multitask in, in a stressful. I, maybe some chefs. That would be about the only, well, like, <laughs> I have, yeah, I have a good friend, chef Dave, who, um, from Chantrell, Chantrell, um, chef services. He goes in homes and does private events. He donated a a, a chef dinner for ten people to the to the auction. Mm-hmm. A chef in a busy restaurant, and that's the only ones that I yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I can think so, of. Them. So, so this whole thing is look at him. This whole this whole thing. You've never heard of that? No, you must I, have I, never no heard I'm offended because I can oh, handle okay. stress. 
So, no, so in this that. event, I don't like, know right, a whole bunch right. of podcasters. So, 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 so in this event, so it's control chaos. We right. create, we create the look like it's chaos because it, it it's like electric. Mm-hmm. By the time it gets to the auction, everything is planned. Right. Like we know what to do, when to do it, to squeeze people's hearts, to get them involved. And like when we go to the close the silent auction and then there's a break, there's a program. Well, but you don't know what's going on behind the scenes, what's going on. Well, as people are talking and as people are talking and they're doing stuff and they're talking about what the charity is, what you don't know is over at, the, over at our office, they're doing all the paperwork. That's what we use that time to do the paperwork. To get all the bidder numbers in order, all the solid auction bid sheets, and now they're ready for the live. So that's that's there for a reason. A lot of people will walk into our events, and I've seen people in the old days with cameras, yeah, and pe- and they'll write it down and they'll think, oh, "I can recreate this." No, you can't. You can't. You don't know why it's there. Why is that there? Why is this there and that's not there? Why? Is right. it- <clears throat> why do we do it like this? I learned this recently. Like, you're not paying me for what I do in four hours. You're paying me for my 35 years experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The four hours is nothing. And in reality, the moment I walk in the door, I'm no longer in charge. My wife and my general manager are in charge. I work for them. Right. I'm just the auctioneer and not even the MC. And I'll walk around selling raffle tickets, balloons. In fact, we'll be selling green and blue balloons you need okay. for $10 a piece. They're cha- actually cheaper if you buy two. They're only 20 bucks. Balloons? So, <laughs> balloons with raffle tickets inside of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right, so, does everybody have like a balloon on their chair that's bought a raffle? Mm-hmm. Ah, peacock. Right, right, even right. for the rafflers. What happens is, is this. <laughs> what happens is, is we'll sell balloons with a raffle ticket inside them for $10 a piece. Okay. And we'll have 200 of them. It'll be $2,000 for like 12, 12 gift baskets. Okay. And then you've got a room full of like balloons that are floating around everywhere and makes it look even more. Yep. Yeah. And it's festive. And, and you've created a literal peacock. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So what happens is, is it dresses That's the room at the funny. same time and everybody loves to pop balloons because it brings out the kid in them. Everybody buys the balloons. Those balloons kill every yeah. time it kills. I already oh. know that. So what happens is, is this. <laughs> so we hit them from multiple sides. And the, the beauty of it is, is they don't feel squeezed. That's another charity problem. They don't feel squeezed. Most charities will pe- turn people upside down and shake them, shake yeah. the coins out of their pockets. I don't want them to feel that way. We give them great items, and that's when it goes back to the consignment items, like really great items to bid on. And you can compare. In fact, I was just talking to a client, Stephanie Hudson, yesterday in Twin Falls, Idaho, with the Twin Falls um, Education Foundation that we do an event for. Last year we did it. It was incredible. And – um. I was telling her, I said, listen, if you last year she wanted, she had a lot of donated items because she's still under that myth. Right. We killed on a live auction for my stuff. And she didn't want any of the silent auction stuff. Huh? I, she didn't want anything of my items in the silent auction. So I, what I did was I t- showed her this year, look at your items and what they brought in the silent auction. So if you look at your items in the silent auction and you look at the items over here, look at the bid amounts. The bid amounts five hundred, six hundred dollars for my items, but the bid amounts for your donated items are hundred, eighty, hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. The other thing about donated items that I forgot to tell you is this: how much time did it take you to right. go get it yeah. and the yep. gas? Yep. So you got to take that off. What is it? Was it really worth it? Right. Yeah. So now she's like, okay, well, let's let's pick out your items. Okay. All right. 
All right, back to the items a minute. So the stuff that you have for the auctions and you get a business to sponsor that. So how do people know that that particular business has sponsored that item? We will put a 10 card on the silent auction bids. Okay, let's go to the live auction. Okay. Okay. On the live auction, when we go to these, when we go to the, um, let's, because it's Danny, right, mm-hmm. from Agape, and the victory team, Keller Williams. Just, <laughs> there you go, Danny. So um, I will say, ladies and gentlemen, tonight I want all of us recognize Danny McGee from the Agape Projects and Keller Williams, and there will be a tent card out in front of it, large tent card saying, sponsored by Danny uh, McGee. Okay. Right? Because I believe that's another thing that charities don't do that I believe. I want to do more for the for the right. client yep. than the sponsor than they expect that they get from anybody else because most charities will take the stuff. This is what happens. Take the stuff, they'll take it, and they put it in their silent auction or whatever, and they won't even look at to see what it. They just they don't even care what it what it's spent, but it's sold for. I study this stuff. Mm-hmm. They'll just keep moving forward. They don't ever look back. The key is looking back. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I'll say, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, Danny McGee, everybody, give him a round of applause. Right, <sighs> everybody like clapping. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the everything, everything that's sponsored. Appreciation is so absolutely. In, but I like the way you're doing that too, because a lot of the fundraisers we DJ, they just tell us to, you know, well, you know, go down and listen and thank our sponsors. Well, there's but if they're you, event sponsors, so a lot of those, a lot of those people. Well, yeah. The problem is, is this: is they don't understand. They're using all the donated stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not naming any names, but yeah. like doing fifty fifty raffle. Okay, let's talk about this. Why do people do fifty fifty raffles? Easy way out. Mm-hmm. It's easy, right? Mm-hmm. Money wheels, right? Why in God's name would you ever give money away as a prize when you're doing a fundraiser? Right. You know why? Because it's easy. It's yeah. old. It's easy. It's called broken spoke fundraising. I coined that term too. <laughs> Reason why is, is if you go to a fundraiser down the road and you go to Sally May's fundraiser, you go and you think, oh, that's really cool. They got that donated. I'm going to go. And you go to that store and you ask them and you bring it back and you set it out. You don't even know if it was successful there. Yeah. So then you come back and somehow you miss something that they did. Now you lose a spoke. So before you know it, you're doing a fundraiser that's taking you, taking 20 people or 10 people for six months and you raise $20,000. That's commonplace. Is it worth it? It'd been easier. I always tell people, okay, let's do the math. 10 people, six months. I'll do the math for them and I'll say, will you come to work for me if I pay you? 35000 for all 10 of you for six months? Right. They go, Ugh. it's the truth. Truth be told, that's why we haven't invested a lot of time and energy into events because I couldn't fake it. it takes Let's such talk. Using those sorts of. There's a whole key to the There's a whole psychology right. behind all right. that. But I knew that one wasn't. I'm like, this. the, the payoff isn't worth what we're putting into it. So I'd rather just it's, not it's do because it until we. What? It's because you're doing else. it. You're doing it wrong. That's why. <laughs> you're not. You're not the only one, right? Yeah. And what happens is this whole well, myth. We didn't even do it. This whole. <laughs> this whole like, myth. This whole myth is perpetrated by old myths, mm-hmm. and other charities talking about it, right? But if you see, if you see, like you're coming Friday, you see the result. It's undeniable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, something might have worked back then, but it just doesn't, work simply now. doesn't work now. No. It's been yeah. it's old. I mean, fifty fifties. Yeah. I, I, all right, I'm not going to. Yeah, I told you, but I'm not going to say who it is mm-hmm. because we all know this person. So, someone from the area invited me to go to a fundraiser. This is years ago. This is and um, 
<laughs> um, invited me to go, hey, Mr. Professional Fundraiser, come to my fundraiser. I said, okay, great. We'll give you tickets. Come see this. Okay. All right. So what, what kind of, a, what kind of, um, what, what are you doing there? Uh, we're going to do a 50, 50. Why in God's name would you ever do a 50, 50? Oh, people love it. And they always give the money back. <laughs> they always give Not the money always. back. Guess what? Ready for this? Studied it. We did this craziest study over three years. Like I know there's two items in everybody's house that everybody uses the most. You know what they are? The two fr- items. The refrigerator and the toilet. <laughs> no. A I was going to say bath towel. Oh, no, a spoon and a, and a glass. Okay. okay. So if you're ever going to give away something as a commemorative thing, give them a glass. Not a coffee cup. Give them a glass. Get them sponsored. So there you go. Everybody it's uses a glass. Furniture and home goods. Right. right? But you know what? No, you're right about that because years ago. Water, milk. Everything goes tea, into it. Beer, mm-hmm. liquor, whatever. Yeah. You got to take a pill. You open up your open up your. What's the the closet you open up most in the house? Is your glass closet? Yeah. So every time you open it up, there's a Lions Club logo staring you in the face. Mm-hmm. One of the best promotional items I ever gave away for my DJ company was it was at elementary school. Uh-huh. Was the cups, and I kept asking you know the guys. I said, guys, what do we? What should we give? They are like counters. I said, well, counters are no good because come the end of the year, that counter is gone. What about pens? And we're going on and on. I said. Cups. Cups. I said, and the cup changes colors because we're giving them to the kids. The kids love them, but the kids aren't going to hire you. No, but who washes the cups? Who puts the cups away? Those cups brought me so much business. You know a mixing glass like a beer stein? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a mixing glass that you put on the thing and you shake the – Yeah. That glass with logos, it looks like it's laser etched, but it's Mm -hmm. really an applique. So so we did a study. It took three years. We found that 83% of the time, people never give the money back on a 50-50. Mm-hmm. So would you take those odds? No. no way in the world. Nope. Okay, so he's like, I'm going to do a 50-50. I said, no, you're doing it, you're doing it because people, people love it. He said, hey, everybody loves it. Of course they love it because they're winning money. But why would you do it? You're doing a fundraiser. So we go to the me and a buddy of mine and his wife and my wife, we go to this fundraiser locally. And um, we're sitting there, and he's like, okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring up the man of the year. And the man of the year is a very well-known politician. I'm not naming any names. Very (laughs) well-known politician. And they bring him up, and they're like, he's the man of the year. And they give him this really nice 300-hour plaque. And a 300-hour plaque, because I'm also in a framing company, that's a lot of money in this plaque. It's a very nice plaque. And they're taking pictures of the newspaper, taking pictures of him and all this stuff. Okay, thank you. And the man of the year, he please goes off, and it's for a museum. This fundraiser. How many museums are there in the county? <laughs> so, so, so he he goes off the stage. They say, okay, on the fifty fifty, it's thirty five hundred hours, seven seven thousand dollars, thirty five hundred hours split. That's a lot of money. Yeah, thirty five hundred dollars. But uh, let's draw the ticket. Ready. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Guess who wins the freaking prize? The man of the year. The politician, the man of the year. Now, this is what he does. I usually get up and do the whole thing, but there's a microphone there. (laughs) So he's like, oh, hey. Now, you remember, this guy was just there getting this big plaque, getting this picture taken. My This guy that I know, he used to be a friend. He's no longer (laughs) my friend. um, Is looking at me like this, doing a golf clap, smiling. 
you know, like the fix is in. Kind of like, this guy's <laughs> definitely going to donate the money back. It's a guy. He comes up on his stage. He's like, thank you so much. And I'm holding back saying these names. Thank you so much. And he grabs the money and he loops it over, puts it in his pocket, grabs his coat and walks out the door. I was dying. <laughs> I was dying. I was laughing. I was going hot. I told you. I told yeah. you. You just watched 3,500 hours walk oh, out your door. Cool. Yeah. Why do you give money away as a prize? Because people love it. Don't do it. Though. They're not even going to ask. Yeah. They're not even going to ask. Uh, the reason why I'm not a big fan of cash bars is because where's the money going? The money's going to go and into yeah. the cash bar and not into your raffles. Right. So this is just a whole this whole strategy, whole strategy behind all this. You want to entertain them, give them a great event, fill up their bellies, and just it's just the whole long big strategy. P- charity's got to wake up, give people what they want, yeah. not what you want. Long-winded speeches. Another myth. We got to give up and give speeches. No, you kill the momentum. Get up, say thank you. What you do is the rest, while you, throughout the night, the, the people who are, walk around the mm-hmm. room and sell mission, talk to people. Right. Yeah. Like a wedding. Yeah. A receiving line. Walk yeah. around, thank people, and tell them what you're doing. If you need to set up a little area at the event for where you talk about your charity, do it. Mm-hmm. But... When you stand up in front of people, talking heads, nobody wants to listen to somebody talk for 45, 45 minutes. Yeah. Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and, and if, if I'm lying, I'm dying, look it up. Franklin Delano Roosevelt, one of his classic quotes is, be sincere, be brief, be seated. I like that. Yeah, I like that too. Because you're going to kill momentum. If you get up there, people want to party. Yeah. They're coming out to have a good time. If they want to learn more, they'll come to you and they'll ask. Put it out a resource table but with your what, information. Right. What does or, it or matter? Have, or have stuff on the table. What right. about um, things on the table? About yes, yes. You could do it on the table. You yeah. can have whatever. Here's the thing. is the, you got to understand, these people are coming to this event to have a good time. Mm-hmm. If, the, if you said, okay, it's classic. If you said, okay, where are you, where's your offices? Where are you from? Joppa. Where? Joppa. Mm-hmm. Okay, is there a library next door? Anywhere nearby? There is, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so if you said, hey, ladies and gentlemen, on Tuesday at the Joppa Library, we're going to have a free seminar, and we'll have cookies and refreshments. It's free. Come out and learn about our charity. How many people would show up? Uh, maybe two. There, two, if you're yet. lucky. Yeah. If, uh, yeah, and they're probably your volunteers, yeah. right? It's okay. Nobody cares. It's okay. You're raising money. Grasp it. Understand it. Let them come and have a good time. Sell mission a little bit. Is it wrong to say they're paying you to care? Yes. They don't <laughs> care. It's that's okay. That's what I'm saying, but they're, they're paying you to care. Like they, They're glad they, that somebody cares, and they're glad I that somebody's really doing it about listen, it. Listen, I could really get in deep. A lot of people like to donate money from the distance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? And, and it's okay because somebody's doing it. Right? A lot of people so, like to be anonymous. Too. They like to be anonymous. So... um. It's it's okay that people don't care. It's okay that they're not buying into it. But what's important is you're giving them an event where they want to give you money, that they feel good about spending money. And they do not come in and just spend money because of what you're doing. They come in because they spend money on stuff that they want. Yeah. Classic. Including recognition and, and yes, yes. Yeah, classic, and, yeah. classic. Same friend, a friend that I went to that same event with. Very affluent guy. If you if you met him, you would never in a million years know that he's very very 
rich. He, uh, I should say wealthy, because rich isn't wealthy. Um, very down-to-earth guy. He calls me, <clears throat> and he says, um, hey, I went to that fundraiser last night at, at, at a school. I said, really, what did you get? Did you get anything on a silent auction? He said, no. I said, why not? He said, I didn't see anything I liked. So it was all donated crap. <laughs> I said, okay, all right. Did you get anything live? Nope. Did you donate? Nope. Mm. I said, why not? He said, because uh, they didn't ask me. Why? Most people, a myth, another myth is, they, here's what people believe. That people will walk in the door with a, with a blindfold on, and they'll take $1,000 or whatever money they have, and they'll just throw it up in the air wherever it lands. That's where it lands. That's what they're going to give the charity. Uh-uh. No. No, 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 no. They want to come in, and they, if they find something they like, or you you really entertain them, and they like it, yeah. and they get all involved in it, like in the auction and all this other stuff. They get caught up in it, and they, that's how they spend money. They're not just going to walk in. To very few – now, this may happen. Very few people walk in and say, hey, I'm going to give you a grand. They don't, they don't do it. they got to be – got to you take care of them. The reality of it is, are you married? No. Okay. The reality of it is, is this is what happens. Because I've been married for a long time. What happens is, you are. Mm-hmm. The guy, the husband, is sitting on the, be- sitting on the bed with the TV with a remote. And he's clicking through because he's already been ready for half an hour. He's sitting there in his underwear with a shirt on, with his button-down shirt on and his socks. And he's looking at the TV. Right, Rich? Listen to me. <laughs> The wife's in the bathroom, and he's she's looking. He's like, "Hey, hey, how much money you want to spend tonight?" She's like, "I don't know. What do you think?" "I don't know, thousand dollars." "Yeah, okay." Click, click, click. They go up there. There's nothing there they want. They're not going to just spend it. Right. Most charities think that's the way it is. It's no. not the way it is. You got to have something they want. They're not going to say, "Oh, there's this gift basket that's worth twenty dollars. Let's give them seventy. Nobody ever pays above retail. Right. This is reality of charity fundraising. It's the reality of charity fundraising. You build it, they will come. Give them an event like they never seen before, like you're going to see next Friday. It'll blow their minds, and they'll want to spend money. They're going to want to be a part of it. Everybody wants to be at the winning on the winning team. Everybody wants to be at the event of events, and that what's that's what gets them. And it doesn't matter whether you're saving whatever or, or saving the butterflies of There's Uganda. Too many to, yeah, like, yeah we, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter as long as they find stuff that they want, and that's why the stuff that I have sells. Get it sponsored. And it sells. It's such an interesting thing because your 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 business is labeled charity fundraising, but that's that's not the the business that you're in. Like it's no, psychology. yeah, they don't. Yeah, it's psychology. Understanding yeah. and it, people and it's event planning and event like it. Yeah, it's everything. It's, it's all it's event planning. Like we find venue, we work with the, <laughs> this is something else. Like <laughs> venues can't stand. That's why like I have a great relationship with Martins mm-hmm. because they already know what I'm going to do. Like, we've already been through this. So they right. just give me what I want from this top. They give me the best price because they know. Like, you got to understand something. One of the things is with a venue, a venue, those people are salespeople. They're getting mm-hmm. commissions. That's why they love weddings because the bride is going to want a chocolate fountain. You want a nice sculpture. And that's a $500 that we paid the sculpture guy 50 bucks to make, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to want that. You're going to want these big sprays of flowers. You're going to want all that. 
They don't want to talk to a guy like me. I recently had this happen in Buffalo where a guy was so tired of dealing with me, he said, I'm not talking to you anymore. (laughs) Where I've had him say, look, whatever. Okay, look, I'm going to give you exactly what you want. Plus, I'll give you a room. You know, we'll take care of your room. Just please leave us alone. (laughs) Right? Because the reality of it is they're not making money on the food. Okay, they don't make money on the food. Where they make money is in the alcohol and the ancillary stuff. Oh, you want a microphone? That's going to be five thousand. That's going to be one hundred five hundred dollars. Oh, you want tables to set up your silent auction? Uh-huh. That's thirty fifty dollars a table. That's this. That's that. Oh, you want to come in early because it's going to take you five hours to set up? Oh, that's going to be an additional thousand dollars. Uh uh. You want my business or not? Because there's another venue right down the street. Right. So I beat them to death, and who makes out? The client doesn't benefit me at all. The client does. Right. Because now we can get that price. Case in point, we're doing this event in Vegas. You want to talk about expensive venues. <laughs> so initially the client, the, the client who I'm now the COO of, Randy Sutton from mm-hmm. Fox News. He's on Fox News, and he's a very good friend of mine. And um, he's the founder of the charity. So this girl said, George, there's no way. She wouldn't even get on the phone with me. There's no way, there's no way you're going to find a venue here in in Vegas that is anywhere in Vegas, off the strip, on the strip, that's anything less than $150. I said, watch me. <laughs> Please tell me that. I love it when people do that. Okay. Like right. a challenge. All right. Okay. Long story short, I found one venue, the Cox Pavilion. We moved it eventually because now we're doing a conference around it. Um we went to the Cox Pavilion and we got them for $68. I got them down to $68 a head. And the woman said, she said, I feel like after I get off the phone with you, I feel like I'm bruised and bloody. <laughs> I said, I'm sorry. I said, but it's my job. So then we, because we had needed to do a conference and then COVID hit, we moved out of the Cox Pavilion to a hotel called the Ahern. It was a, it's a very beautiful hotel. Mm-hmm. And it was under open up and under Chinese. Uh, it was a Chinese hotel for people coming from China. So they bought it and they're refabbing it away from that theme. Um, we got them down to $63 and then got a sponsor to come in at $55. So that ticket is $55. That that price is $55. Right. Now, remember, she said 150 You got to know, and that's another deal with having a professional, is because I know at the venue, I know where the profit centers right. lie. You know what's going on on the back end, so they can't BS you on any kind right. of anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus, I'll make them give give you stuff for free. I'll make them comp your rooms at the hotel. You know, they'll make them. You make them. Yeah. Costing them. Uh, yeah. The make them comp your rooms. And the other thing too is that if 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 the 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 if the venue is open enough, they would rather deal with me than deal with you because you don't know what you're doing. Right. So because I can facilitate this quick, I can facilitate the whole thing really fast. Mm-hmm. Get done what I need and get get you more stuff than you could ever imagine. Plus, get you donations, get the rooms comped. Get that's so what they might be losing in profit margin a little bit. You're saving them in headache, headache and time. Yeah, yeah. And then they get return, you know, investment. And then I'm going to fill the room up with 600 people. Yeah. Our events are always big. We sell out every event we do. Every event we do, we sell it out. And if it doesn't, it's because they didn't listen. The truth. So this whole thing is about psychology. But the the biggest hurdle is is getting them to not getting them to listen to me, 
A, getting over the fact you're, you're a professional because everybody thinks the charity thing. You don't want to pay anybody. It's all got to be free. Right? Got to pay money to make money. I'm telling you, it's all got to be free. That's such the old thing. And then getting them to understand the new ways, the, mm-hmm. the consignment items. Like that is like across North America, across the country, people are so against consignment items. Okay, fine. Deal with your donations. Go ahead. See what they bring in, but they don't ever do it. I don't understand. Why are they so against consignment items, though? It's, it's because it really- goes back to free. If they think they they st- they think that it's all got to be free, that people are going to donate good stuff, and it doesn't happen. They don't. Right. ever. The other one is I could just keep. We could talk. Do this could be a series of fifty. So, <laughs> like the other one is this Jane's vacation home. John's vacation home. Right. One year, John donates his vacation home. So you get five grand for it. Well, they'll think, oh, wow, I got $5,000 for it. We're going to do it again next year. Well, you're losing audience. You got 5000 Next year, you're going to get 4000 or 3500 right. The other thing, too, is why would I do that when I can go to John and say, hey, John, can I use your vacation house? Right. You do it one time and you get it off the block. Right. You got It's all got to revolve. The other thing, the other thing is, <laughs> I can keep going. There's a, there's a thing called crowd training. You have to train your crowd. So a lot of people will do an event with me, and, 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 they, and then they'll figure, well, let me, let's skip a year. you got to train your crowd on how to spend. Yeah. Train them on how to spend. Train them. Train them that this is the way this event works because these events are so big, they blow people's minds where they're like, oh, my God, this is so much to take in. Well, you have this crowd training. So there's a lot that goes into this, and it has to evolve, too. It has to change. You always got to keep them on their toes, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about getting oh. um, people involved and being willing to share the spotlight? Like, I, I've noticed that, like you said, it's a bloody, it's a bloody game. All the nonprofits and they're kind of working for the same dollars. So, I think at least on a county level, we all work together. We're all like, in general, there's. Uh, ton of nonprofits that are really truly going after the same mission we're trying to help move people forward at least in in you know human services world so like why not invite not necessarily for other nonprofits to be you know recipient of any money being fundraised but still um just invite like it's a community effort i guess Okay, let me ask you a question. Here's a, here's a question. Do you think like you, I advertise other organizations because they have good resources that are also helping the same people we're helping. Okay, so what what I'm 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 all like this is going to go over to me being like an operational guy, right? Because I also run one of the biggest charities in the country, right? I'm the operations guy. Mm-hmm. If you develop a network, developing a network within your charity, like like for instance, like what is your mission statement? What do you do? Uh, we transform empty houses into homes. Okay. Let's say somebody needs treatment, it's addiction treatment. Mm-hmm. That's not what you do. Okay. So what you do is you say, well, we work well with the Agape Projects, yep. or we work with this other one, go see them. Yep. Okay. By the way, we work great with um, Habitat for Humanity, where they build the houses. Let's send you to them. Yep. You create a network. Yep. Okay. But the problem is, is this. It's bloody. Everybody's fighting over the same dollar. Do you think McDonald's and Burger King are going to share share secrets? Hmm. No. No. Charity is business. And this is, again, 
this is one of those things that's going to sound horrible. I don't care if you agree with me or not to the, everybody else. It's business. The money hits the table because there's only so much money out there. Everybody's going to jump. It is not the what people think from the outside. It's this big cooperative thing. It's right. not. It's competitive. Right. Let me tell you the truth. In the heart of the recession in 2010, in the heart of the recession, what do you think charity's total gross rev- gross revenue, not net, gross revenue was in the United States? 2010, in the heart of the recession. I have no idea. Take a guess. I really don't know. This is big business. $1.1 trillion gross. What? Okay. $298.4 billion net. Do you think this is all about love and kumbaya? Uh-uh. This is big business. Mm-hmm. Um, some of these major charities are spending $20 million on marketing. Developing a network is great, but when you're you when you're competing, for instance, I just That's had okay a for the program side, but for for the for operational the, side, yeah, for yeah. the operational <laughs> side. So you're all competing against each other, because then why even open up another charity? Why not just belong to that one charity? Mm-hmm. So understand this, this is the way this is, and and, and that's what I'm saying. Like if you don't agree with me, great, okay, prove me I'm wrong, mm-hmm. prove that I'm wrong. Um. Nobody, listen, everybody needs the money that they're going to raise. Everybody needs it. Mm-hmm. This just happened to me. I had a, a, a charity that um, that I had been trying to talk to for years, and I'm not, again, I'm not going to name names, who um, all of a sudden now I'm like exploding all over the country and I'm now, you know, doing a major event for the largest law enforcement charity in the country. Now suddenly they send me a message, hey, hey, George. What are you doing on this date? We could really help you. You know what I did? I delete. It's a conflict of interest. Because I will not. I'm, this is my client. I want to build my client. You're competing against them. I'm not going to do it. Right. You know why? Because the bigger you get, they start fighting for that money, fighting for those dollars. When you're lower, great. It's, you know, it's all about helping, but not over money. Yeah. Money changes people. Money get People get crazier for money. Yeah. So... It, to develop, what I would do is I would develop a network of people you can send things to. For instance, resource network. Yeah. A resource network. Mm-hmm. There is a wonderful organization in Habit of Grace called the Harbor of Grace. I don't know if you ever heard of them. Hmm. They're a recovery center, mm-hmm. addiction recovery center. Oh, uh, yes. Ran by incredible people. Um, my, my charity that I'm, the, again, the Wounded Blue, and other charities out there, you know, that across the country, <clears throat> we use them as a resource. Now, they're a charity. We're a charity. We have resources. Right. So we don't mind, for operational reasons, sending. But when it comes to fundraising, it's, it's about us. Yeah. yeah. It's a whole different big game. It's a gamut. Again, you got to understand, this is business. Charities is business at its mm-hmm. best. That's why I say it's bloody. Either grow a fin or get out of the water because it can get very bloody. If you're not ready for it or you don't admit it, it's the truth. I could line up people on the phone right now, 50 of them who would say, oh, my God. Because when people work with me, they get big, right? Mm-hmm. They can raise big money. The moment you raise big – like I, I told Jackie, I told Jackie Colby, listen to me. Because of this event, I told her this yesterday, people are going to start reaching out to you and asking you for your help for other charities. Yeah. On the way here, she texted me. She said, oh, my God, you were right again. It begins, and she sends me a text. 
of somebody asking her to help with an event. So just understand that's great. Mm-hmm. But the reality of it is, is everybody's fighting over money yeah. and you have to be self-reliant. Once you realize that, then you'd be in a much better place. I, I, I think I kind of caught on to that. And, and that was what made me go, don't want to do it this way. This way doesn't, it doesn't feel, because I don't, I don't want to fight. I, I'm like self-reliant to the point where let's figure out our own business and our own revenue income streams and services and right. products that we could add value in Absolutely. the community elsewhere. So we don't have to be a part of this sh- yeah. show. Right, right. Because right. <laughs> that's what it felt like. Because you could be you the know? most kind but, of sweetest, gen- gentlest, the, the, I warned Randy Sutton from the Wound mm-hmm. of Blue. I said, Randy, this is going to get bloody. Oh, no. We're going to let people do this to do that. I said, it's, well, he saw it fast. Yeah. <laughs> I like your strategy, for Thank sure. The, yeah, focusing on the event. First, focus on the event. The best piece of advice you can give any nonprofit starting up. Like a starter, like classic for her, like her, like Alicia. Yeah. Okay. Understand if you come out small, if you aim low, you're going to hit low. So, and you will be perceived as low. So people won't even pay attention to you. You got to come out big. You have to come out the gate big in order to get attention. Everything now is about attention, getting people's attention. Mm -hmm. If you come out tiny, they're not even going to notice you. Mm Mm-hmm. You gotta be big. You gotta come out big because if 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 you come out meek and mild and all that stuff, they're not even gonna pay attention to you. Because listen, there's charities out there with budgets that are millions of dollars. Right. Right. So if the best advice I can give you is a, <clears throat> if you want to be big, do big things. Take a leap of faith. Hire a professional, whether it's me or it's somebody else. Hire a professional. Because you're going to waste your time, mm-hmm. you're going to spend more money spinning your wheels, mm-hmm. hire a professional. I'm f- if you want to talk to me, call me, 443-206-6121, 443-206-6121. Look me up on the internet, look me on Facebook. Call me, I'll give you advice. I'm not- but if you aim low, you're going, to be- you're going to hit low. Think big. Think bigger than big. Plus, 100% positivity. You've got to be positive. I will not stand negativity. If there's any negativity in my clients, I tell them I don't want to do it. So be big. Do big things. Everybody will want to be a part of you. Don't waste your time. Ask for help. <clears throat> By the, just one last thing. I want to say this. A lot of the time, people think that I take a cut. That is a that is complete fabrication. I do not take a cut. Mm-hmm. You you get one hundred percent of the proceeds. I am just like the venue. It's a flat rate. So you make a hundred a hundred thousand. You just made a hundred thousand. My fee doesn't change. It doesn't change. Right. Whether you make two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, it's a flat rate. Get the help of professional. The other thing. Understand you get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. You do a website and you do it yourself. You're hurting yourself. Do it. Get a professional to do it. There's a lot. Use Facebook. There's so many things I could tell them. Yeah. Facebook is your b- biggest ally. Every You are selling attention. You got to get mm-hmm. people's attention. Get them to look at you. And, they'll, and then they're going to want to be a part of you. Aim high, hit high. Aim low, hit low. 
So if you have an idea or someone you would like to hear on a podcast, or if you would like to come on, let me know. Send an email to podcast at harfordcountyliving.com, and I will do my best to either get that person on, get you on, or talk about the idea that you wanted me to talk about. And also, if you can, please, please, please leave a full review at lovethepodcast.com forward slash Harco Living. Again, that's lovethepodcast.com forward slash Harco Living. And also, please follow the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash HCL show. Very simple to get to. Again, it's facebook.com forward slash HCL show. What I tend to do is when you leave a full review and you follow the Facebook page, either or, or both, hopefully both, because it's a better chance for you, I do contests, or not contests, I give away things every once in a while, whether it be gift cards or something else, this is your chance to win. And you can enter, well, of course, you can only leave like the page once, but the full reviews as many times as you want because you can leave a full review for certain episodes or for the podcast as a whole. And even if you'd like to five years ago or left a review five years ago, you're in the drawing each time I do it. So again, you know, for the reviews, go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash Harco Living. And please follow and like our page at facebook.com forward slash HCL show. And I want to leave you with these words that a very wise man taught me at broadcasting school. If it is to be, it is up to me. So I am sitting here today. I have a young lady on that is a very talented photographer, Emily Adolph. And she's got something very special, especially if you run a nonprofit. Oh, she's got something special for you. But if you just need photography in general, you want to get a hold of her. So how are you doing, Emily? I'm doing good, Rich. Thank you for having me on today. Oh, my pleasure. Tell us what it is that you are, this special that you're running. Yeah. so Special from, for special people because you're special, right? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So what I'm offering is free photography services to nonprofits here in Harford County. And mm-hmm. um, initially I was running it from now until the end of June, but what I've decided to do is extend it out. Um, so now I'm right. offering it from now until um, the end of August. So until August 31st, that, that, you know, weekend um, figured, you know, it's a, it's a busy time of year season for mm-hmm. you know nonprofits having events in the summertime. Um, but yeah, really just want to support, help nonprofits capture, you know, moments and, and the, um, experiences of the events that they're hosting without having to, you know, worry about funding the photographer. Right. Um, so yeah, that's just a little bit about, you know, what I'm, I'm giving back to the community. Which is great because a lot of your nonprofits don't take photos of their events yeah. and they should be on their websites. I agree. You I know, agree. even for upcoming events, you know, it's nice if you had the photos from last year to, to ask, Hey, look, this is what we're doing. This is how good it is. Yeah. And also, but you also do other types of photography in case somebody wants to hire you, right? I do. Yeah, I do portraits, families, event, you know, other events, musicians, bands. Those are my my key focuses. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How does somebody hire you? How do they get in touch with you? Yeah, they would just go to my website. So it's www.emilyadolf.com. So that's E-M-I-L-Y-A-D-O-L-P-H.com. 
Well, first of all, thank you for doing that because that's awesome. Thank and you. especially now, for, a lot of your nonprofits are struggling yeah. because you're just like all of us, inflation's hitting them hard. Yep. You know, and you have, you know, some venues around that shut down. So some of them are struggling to find a place. And yep. here you are reaching out to help. And for those of you that don't know about Emily, this is, Emily just loves to help people out. Yeah, I do. So help her out as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, hire her for your photography. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Emily. Thanks, Rich.